0: The following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Well, let's see if we can get through a podcast without anything fucking up uh hey everybody welcome back to another edition of the missy a e podcast the first missy a e podcast of twenty twenty four we of course are back after a long christmas break uh well quite frankly it was a little bit longer than we would have liked um yes. hopefully everybody had a great christmas break and a and a uh, a happy new year uh we are <clears throat> at least for now uh, on uh, we are officially on the uh, back on the air uh for now at least uh, who knows if blog Talk's going to mess up again uh, matter of fact, I ended up looking at our last recording and apparently after weeks and weeks of uh, after after weeks and weeks of basically having it uh get converted over to the servers apparently only 35 minutes of our last show ended up even recording so oh uh for for our listeners uh whether you're in whispers or if you uh if you're just subscribed to us on any of our uh on any of our podcast outlets uh a big apology goes out uh to you guys from the uh missy ae podcast staff Uh, We were not expecting Blog Talk to be giving us the problems that they ended up giving us. Uh, Hopefully, though, we should be back officially on the air uh, for the foreseeable future. And by the way, uh, apologies uh, in advance. I'm still kind of suffering a bit from a weeks-long flu. Uh, and actually, it's, it's probably a good thing that we didn't do these last two podcasts, because uh, yeah. my voice literally sounded like it smoked a pack a million Marlboros. So uh, wow. I, even told, I even told Alex last week, I said, I have literally no voice. Like, I, I would try to speak to, yeah. to my family or to some of my friends, and I literally had no voice. So, like Lou, even if even if you had a show last week, Lou, and I would have and I would have tried to call in, you wouldn't have yeah. heard. You you barely would have be, you barely would have been able to hear me. That's how bad it yeah. was.
1: That's, that's you know. I mean, it's always bad to be sick, but it's especially worse to get back on Christmas. That makes it even worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's what makes it even worse. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> were you the guy that told T. Blanche Lou show that you just came from the doctor's office, or that was that the Steve other one? No, movie? that was that was Steve Davidson. No, that yeah, oh, that was the uh, okay. that was the
0: other one. No, I think I think I, I think I, uh, okay. I I think I uh, I hung up uh, before he came on. I I believe. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, we do have a That's lot.
1: I've right. already heard, heard to get... you for a little bit.
0: Yeah. No, I was on for a little bit after you came. After you came on, Diane, I was on for a little the bit. The first but, hour, the first hour.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, thought I heard them uh, after
0: anyways, I came on, though?
1: Yeah,
0: you did. Yeah, okay. I I was on for a little bit. I was on for a little okay. bit after you came on. Uh, oh gosh. But we do we do have a bunch uh, a bunch of stuff to get to tonight. Uh, I mean, quite frankly, we have like three weeks worth of stuff now, uh, but. You know, I kind of figure we should get off to the t- talking about the Major League Baseball takeover of the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, oh, yeah. if, uh, and, huh? uh, for anybody that's wondering, we discussed this last, uh, last podcast, but because that didn't record, uh, I kind of figure we should cover it again because there's yeah. even more Dodgers news that has come up since okay. then. Um, First, the Dodgers, Dodgers, of course, we all know they signed uh, Shohei Otani to maybe the cheapest contract in MLB history, uh, which basically all of the money will be going to him after the contract is over. Uh, And if that wasn't bad enough, they decided, well, hell, we uh, can't have just one Japanese guy on our team. We need to have two. So let's bring in Yoshinobu Yamamoto on a Whoa,
2: wow,
0: 12 years $325 million for a guy who has not pitched a single pitch in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And uh, actually, technically, the contract is $375 million because of the $50 million posting fee that will go to uh, Yamamoto's Japanese team. And
1: well, the
0: Well, they got they gotta give uh, a team a team that signs a player coming out of Japan, they gotta give their uh the Japanese team a fee in order for that player to become eligible to sign a major league contract. So oh, okay. depending on <laughs> depending on uh on how big the contract is uh, a certain percentage of that contract becomes the po- the the official posting fee, which would be basically tacked on to whatever contract is signed. Okay. And I mean, Lou, well, let's just start right off here. You know, Yamamoto is perhaps one of the most talented pitchers in decades yes. to emerge from Japan. I mean, this dude had, had a below two ERA as a starter. Uh, I mean, we, we ran off his accolades uh, last podcast. And, yeah. I mean, for, you know, uh, when, 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 if, you, if you go back to 2007, 2008, when Daisuke Matsuzaka originally came over from Japan, everybody yeah. thought that was the big deal. Then, of course, Shohei Otani right. comes over, and everybody thinks that's the big deal. And well, then Yamamoto comes over, and I believe Yamamoto's deal might actually be bigger than Otani's original deal when he came yeah, over from but Japan. Why?
1: Otani okay, is good. It's hard to yeah, tell. But, you, know, you, haven't, you haven't seen what this guy does yet. I mean, he's playing in Japan. He hasn't played to our American-style baseball. So you never. I mean, sure he could be another you know, um he could be another Hideo novo or De Su sure it could be, but it goes also be a flop too, because you never know what's going to happen when you know you you uh go through uncharted waters, as the king is uh, saying is, I mean, he could be great, but he could be you know uh, the ivory at best, yeah, right, I mean he could be another
0: U darvish for all we know, oh, oh. you know he could be he, he could be a U darvish, he could be a uh He's Hideo known. Nomo, as you said, he could be a he could be a Dice K Matsuzaka for all we know. Dice K only had one good year in the league, and then after that, uh, you know, he basically or so I mean, he, he was average with Boston. Cool.
1: What was that? You know the uh, the Dodgers uh, Japanese, <laughs> I mean, the uh, Japanese pitcher from the uh, you know from the 2001 World Series oh boy giving up two uh game tying home runs and everything. Oh, boy. We got another one of that. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, Can this dude, though... This this so, I see a pattern point this. this, one of these figures. So, in reference to that, i just like to say, I think I'm turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I do really think so. Oh. Okay. Huh? Okay, what so was I'll that? Later. I'll explain that later. Oh, man a I, I, I mean, I... So I'm showing my age here. Sorry. Oh. I think that was the Japanese,
2: but I'm not sure. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay.
1: I, I,
0: I, I guess I the big the thing long. to look at here,
2: though.
0: Yeah,
1: oh, wait. Hold Holy God,
0: wait. The big sure, thing to look at here, though, Lou, is, you know, you have a guy who's 70 and 29 coming out of Japan, oh,
2: uh, yeah.
0: an earned run average of 1.82. So, I mean. Hey. Easily uh, through sixty years in the Japanese League, he has probably one of the best resumes of any Japanese pitcher coming o- to ever come over from Japan, including uh, the money. <laughs> well, I mean, he did he did sign for three hundred and twenty five million. So, yeah, uh, right. and the only reason why it was that big was because of Otani's contract.
1: Otani's right. oh.
0: contract has pretty much set the market for all of the, for all of the pitchers to sign afterwards Um, with him getting as big of a deal as he did. And then I, I, you know, I will say this about Yamamoto. Uh, I've seen some of his pitching arsenal and it is nasty. The way that his, the way that, that some of his pitches are able to switch direction mid midstream. It's absolutely nasty. And uh, you know, there, you have him and you also have Shote Imanaga who's coming over from Japan as well. I'll tell you right now, Yamamoto is more likely to make an impact than Imanaga is on a starting rotation. Uh, plus, we did get to see Yamamoto pitch in the uh, World Baseball Classic as well. So he has yeah. had the opportunity to face, to face off against Uh, major league back. Now, obviously, the question is, how much of an adjustment is it going to be coming over to the States for Yamamoto to pitch in an American style of baseball as opposed to pitching over in Japan? Because
1: we we... go ahead. Because, you know, other players of course have made the transition, you know, a big a big success, like uh Nomo, Matt Steele, and whatnot, but there are others like Darvish who uh have just, you know, blocked. So no, they can go no, can go either way.
0: Yeah, you could even say uh you could even say Masahiro Tanaka had a uh had a what good showing over in the states as well for uh for the yankees although for some reason after after about six years in the majors he decided to go back over to japan i mean it's not like he was struggling as a pitcher you know he no. was actually a pretty good starter for the yankees so uh i would say you know it, it's it's kind of surprising looking at tanaka and deciding that he wanted to go back over to uh go back over to japan but I mean, just looking at Yamamoto, uh, his pitching arsenal, uh, he has a average 95-mile-per-hour fastball that tops off at 99. Uh, he has maybe one of the sickest splitters I think I've ever seen uh, to go along with a cutter and a curveball. Uh, like, literally, they say, they say that his splitter is a legitimate – third out or a legitimate third strike pitch at the big oh. league level. So you may see him throwing that splitter quite a bit uh in in the majors this year. And also he has great command. He he only posted a walk per 9 innings of 2.1 in his Japanese career, which is pretty good for a starter.
1: So a yeah, starter.
0: I mean, I got I, I got to tell you you take you take that obviously they have Shohei uh, although Shohei won't be available to pitch until uh the season after this upcoming season because of Tommy right. John surgery but yeah. I mean come on you take a, if you take a look at that depth chart they already have Walker Bueller. uh who knows if they're going to bring back Clayton Kershaw uh but I mean, honestly, if you take a look at, at their pitching staff from last year, you have Kershaw, you have Urias, who is, I mean, let's face it, Urias is basically, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's barred from Major League Baseball after his, uh, after his uh, domestic, uh, domestic violence problems. Yeah. Uh, you had you Tony Gonsolin, who, okay, isn't that bad. Uh, Lance Lynn, who's fucking atrocious. And Bobby Miller as your starting five. <coughs> you bring okay. in Tyler Glasnow, you bring in Yamamoto, and then you bring in Otani after this upcoming season. You're, you've immediately improved your starting rotation, at least on paper, and assuming yep. they keep Bueller and assuming they keep Kershaw. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Lou, but I'm finding it hard to look at any other team and think that they have a chance against against LA in the West.
1: And yeah, maybe sure. the
0: maybe the one exception being Atlanta.
1: Right. Uh, no, I think the Dodgers. You know, I think the Dodgers. You know, division to, a division to win. Probably even you know in the um, yeah in the division. I think the only real competition they have is Atlanta because they got a strong lineup too. So it's gonna, i think it's gonna come down to uh, the raising and the Dodgers, which it should have been last year. But I think this year, I think it's really a shot that it's another that for the uh, NLCS. At least that's what I'm thinking. On paper, yeah, I had that last year. Of course, what you do on paper does not show as actually onto the field. Right.
0: Right. Obviously, you know, on paper sure. it's 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 fine and dandy to have the best team on paper, but you gotta see how it right. translates out onto the field. It's but, also going show I mean you to be me,
1: That you know, if huh? you pay all these guys millions and millions of dollars, you if you're not producing the right numbers, your payroll doesn't mean crap.
0: Right. Right. I mean you're I've always said that. I mean you take a, you know you take a look at the uh, at the Tampa Bay Rays and yeah. you see how they how they manage their team uh you know they ended up making it to a world series with a below average payroll yeah the
1: team And
0: is- yeah and now you're starting to see teams try to foolishly uh re- to try to foolishly uh you know, re-deliver that type of uh, performance, which right. I mean, I say foolishly because yeah, I'm looking at you, Boston. I'm going to get to you in a minute. Uh, but you know, you see, you see teams try to try to replicate that, and yes. it, it, it's it, it's weird. It's it's almost like Tampa Bay made a deal with the devil to try and win a World Series. They end up not winning well. the World Series. Well, they
1: all call the <laughs> well, they are called well, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. <laughs> Just raise your hands. Well, they used to be. Somewhere. Oh, they used to be. Yeah, they all. Okay. Yeah, they used to be the Devil Rays. <laughs> when they but, came to the uh, uh,
0: uh, what was that, Lou? Uh, uh, near the end of uh. Wasn't it, like, 2007, 2008 or something?
1: Yeah, but she didn't say when. She said, why did they change their name from this? I mean, why did they move Devil Rays from their name and just Rays? I mean, because it's not maybe oh. to do with something in like the Britannic? Um, oh,
0: yeah. They said, uh, apparent, so, apparently, they wanted to create a more positive image for the franchise. Right. And they wanted to reflect the region and culture of Tampa Bay, so that's why uh, the the name Ray was uh, redesigned. That's why they redesigned their logo and the uniforms, uh, which was meant to refer to a burst of sunshine rather than a manta ray. Right. Okay. But yet, for some reason, they kept. But yet, for some reason, they kept a the manta ray tank in in the ballpark. So tell me how that makes any sense, Lou.
1: It doesn't. No, it doesn't.
0: Still call them the Devil Rays, even, you know, even now. Uh, I mean, because they were, you know, they were the Devil Rays for years uh, since they had come into the league. So, but, you know, I still think if you you take a look at teams that try to replicate that, and there's just absolutely no way that you can do that, you know. Tampa, yeah, so Tampa is, Tampa is different because it feels like yeah they can kind of lure players down there because of the warm climate and everything, so maybe mm-hmm. players would be willing to take less money, potentially to play down there, right. but at the same t- at the same time the, the, people got to remember Tampa Bay is a small market system, they're a Correct. small market team. <laughs> I mean, Lou. Imagine, imagine if you were to see a team like the Mets or the Yankees decide to try and take the route of the Tampa Bay Rays and try and and try and spend, uh, try and not spend while putting together a team. I mean, is that real? Is there really any possible way of even doing that effectively?
1: In this day and age, no. No, because you gotta, the
2: you Yankees gotta Yankees the Mets. That, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you, I mean, if you're if you're the Yankees or the Mets, I mean, the Yankees, you know, you have a multi-billionaire uh, owner, uh, ownership family, I should say, not just an owner, a multi-billionaire ownership family that has been passed down from generation to generation, and they've been well known for spending money. Uh, and even Steve Cohen, you know, Steve Cohen of the okay. New York Mets, you know, he, he dished out big deals to, to Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander recently, which made it even more of a shock that he missed out on Yamamoto because I mean, he even went to visit Yamamoto's uh, visit Yamamoto and his family Uh yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, yeah, he gets beat up by by L.A. I mean, that just tells you right there that the plan all along was for for Otani and Yamamoto to play together. Yamamoto was not going to – I mean, he would entertain other offers, but he was never seriously interested in signing anywhere other than L.A.
1: Not at all. I mean, there was a his rumor face. a few weeks ago, but that but that was, you know, I mean, to, I think it was the uh, Blue Jays, but that never the <laughs> same thing. That was, like a, I think, a last-minute ploy that signed him over. It didn't work, and I didn't believe it anyway. So, L.A. was going right. to be his final home, you know. But I've always, I've always wondered this question, though. What do you think is worse? How do you feel about going over to your so-called, well, say, town rival? I mean, like, say, a Yankee player goes to the Mets, a Dodger goes over to, you know, uh, Anaheim. To, uh, the Dodger goes over to, you know, like Anaheim or whatnot, you know. It's always, there's always that, you know, feeling like, oh, you're still in the same area, but you're traded over to the other side. You're good for nothing, you know.
0: Yeah, you're basically a turncoat, essentially, you yeah, know, to, to certain sorry. fans. Yeah, to, cer- to certain fans, you're like a turncoat, like, yeah. Uh, I'll even bring I'll even bring this up, even though they're not in the same area. But it would be like, for example, when Johnny Damon went from Boston over to New York, over to the Yankees. Well, see,
1: that's see, that's the other thing I was going to ask. How does it feel about going with a division rival, especially when you've been rivals since the beginning of time? Because you know, yeah. Yankee fans um, and Red Sox hate each other. I mean, they absolutely hate each other, and have for 130 years.
0: Yeah, but you know what the weird thing about it is, Lou? Uh, uh, Yankee fans and Red Sox fans are kind of united together right now, in the fact sure. that both organizations are unwilling to spend money. All of a sudden, I see. You know, Yankee fans. I've read. I've read certain. Uh, you know, certain posts by Yankee fans that have said that the rivalry just isn't the same because here you have one organization who is yeah. absolutely unwilling to, to spend money in order to put on a competitive uh in order to field a competitive team and here you have a, on the other hand you have an organization who is spending money but yet
1: right. is not
0: putting out you know it, it's not turning out like it used to do where the yankees a lot of people would say yeah. would pay uh, w- w- would basically buy a World Series, essentially.
1: I've always said you can't buy a World Series. I mean, yeah, cause I, <laughs> I really don't believe it. it doesn't matter how much money you spend. If you're not producing the right numbers, you're not going to win. Right. You know, it's that whole thing, but, oh, well, they, they spent $130 million. Oh, they're going to easily win those. Days. They ball the players. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how much you spend. It's what you do on the field that counts. Now, how much money you spend off the field?
0: but since we're talking about Boston and New York let us pivot over to maybe the most pathetic team in Boston sports right now that being the Boston Red Sox as as a lot of people as a lot of people may have read they were supposedly in on Yamamoto but apparently yeah. the contract that they gave that they offered Yamamoto was basically a Tom Brady it was basically like a Patriots style contract where, here, we'll give you this base salary, we'll give you this base salary, and then you can make up the rest of your money uh, in potential incentives and bonuses. That right there just tells me that they weren't even serious at all of even signing him. You know, a dude who could probably be your ace for the next decade. But nah, we're not interested. Instead – Let's sign, let's sign Lucas Giolito to a two-year, $38.5 million deal with an opt-out after the first year. Uh, Lucas Giolito, who was good last year for Chicago, for the White Sox, and then all of a sudden after he got traded, he decided to just shit the entire bed uh, playing for the Angels and the Cleveland Guardians, putting up a, a combined ERA of, about, of around Seven between both of those clubs. <laughs> and you know, what, you know what I find funny is that uh, they, they blame his second-half struggles on a divorce that he was going through. I mean, that just seems like kind of a cop-out almost for uh, explaining why a pitcher sucked all of a sudden. Oh, he was going yeah. through a divorce. I mean, that just seems like a bit of a cop-out, if anything. But uh, the thing that gets me here is that, you know, it, everybody seems shocked about this deal of Giolito going to Boston. And, you know, I've spoken with Jim about this, and, you know, he does make a lot of sense that, you know, Giolito could have a bounce-back year, and although that's – Partially why they put in the opt out because if he has a bounce back year, he's most definitely going to opt out of that contract uh, and what what will end up happening is the Red Sox will qualify him an offer, he'll refuse it, he'll sign somewhere else, and the Red Sox will then get a draft pick out of it. Right. That's what's probably going to end up happening uh, so you go from, you you sign him. And then you say – and then you tell – or you tell your media sources, oh, well – or not media sources, but you tell uh, players that you're interested in signing, oh, we can't – or we want to sign you, but we have to make a couple of moves first for that to happen. You are owned by a fucking billionaire. Why do you – you're $40 million below the first – tax line, why the hell do you have to make a couple of moves? Yeah. I mean, I you know, you know how, I brought, how I brought up that comparison earlier, Lou, of having a team or having an owner that's willing to spend versus yes. having an owner that's, uh, that's trying to be the Tampa Bay Rays? Right. Boston you're a big, you're a big time club. You know, you're a big market club. Start acting like it. But no, instead, uh, oh, we want to go after instead of going instead of going after an ace. No, we want to sign a guy who's probably going to be our fifth starter on the rotate in the rotation. Uh, we'll bring in Lucas Giolito on a uh, on a prove it deal, basically. Uh, which he'll leave after the first year, kind of the same thing of uh, what they signed uh, Justin Turner to this past, uh, you, know, you know, last off season, when they signed Justin Turner to that deal. And now, supposedly, they're in on Shote Imanaga, which I'll tell you right now, that's a huge mistake if they sign Shote Imanaga, because he ha- yeah. he, uh, he has good command, but he has maybe one of the lowest fastballs I think I've seen in quite some time when it comes to average. He averages about 92 miles per hour on his fastball. Not bad.
1: It's still low, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of low.
0: (laughs) And Mm -hmm. not to mention, he got shelled shelled in in Japan by by right-handed hitting. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it doesn't it, – and, and, yeah, this guy is going to be had for cheap. He's probably not going to exceed $100 million uh, for a contract. No. Uh, but to me, Steve, it just seems like –
2: He's a He doesn't want to spend.
0: You know, Diane, I don't really know. I don't yeah. know why they don't want to spend. Uh Part of it, yeah. is, part of it uh, mm-hmm. is my, my my belief is that they want to go after Killian Mbappe, who is mm-hmm. the who is arguably mm-hmm. the best soccer player out on the market right now. Uh, they want to try. They want to try baseball. and sign him for Liverpool. Yeah. We're
1: talking baseball.
0: I'm I'm aware of you that. You can't but be with uh, perfectly with
1: the go. Red Sox because. They he they
0: don't want to think. Yeah, but Diane, I'm try I'm trying to tie that in here. Okay, I'm trying to tie it in. So, uh, uh, obviously, John Henry, he owns not just the Boston Red Sox, but he owns Liverpool over in over in Europe for soccer. Yes. He owns the Pittsburgh Penguins in the NHL, and now yes. he just agreed to a. He just agreed to a deal to partially own the PGA tour as well oh, yeah. for golf. Oh, that's
2: so, Okay.
0: So, I mean, this, from from what, if reports are to be believed, he is trying to sign, or he wants to try and sign Kylian Mbappe to a huge contract over in Europe, Uh you know, obviously, he has the whole the whole golf stuff, and you know he's dealing with uh, with Pittsburgh as his newest acquisition uh, in terms of a sports team, and it's almost like it's almost like he has other obligations, and now Boston has become the redheaded stepchild of uh, of all of his uh, assets that he owns, and. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because, you know, you know, I, I've always been, I've always been a critic of Hein Bloom, on yeah. on this podcast. I've always been a critic of him. I've always said that Boston needs to get rid of him.
1: Who is? I am issuing. Football?
0: Who is he? the former. He's the former president of baseball operations uh, for Boston, and he used to be yeah. a member of the front office for the Tampa Bay Rays before he came okay. to Boston. I, I, know, right. I, know he's not, I know he never listens to this podcast, but I do want to issue an apology yeah. to Heim Bloom. I thought that you were the reason why we, were, why, why we sucked as a team. Now, after reports that came out this week, uh, I now know that you were a scapegoat you were john henry's scapegoat the entire time after uh, being you try, you attempted to make a move to improve the team but you were told by the owner nope you can't go over the 225 million dollar limit that we've set for you so heim bloom i'll give him credit for this He he rebuilt the farm. He he rebuilt uh, you know the prospect depth uh, as good as he could. His big problem was he wasn't able to execute when it came to getting rid of contracts like the Chris Sale deal, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, You know, like Chris Sale or any other deal, any other deals that Boston. Uh, could have potentially had at the trade deadline over these last two years, and Heim Bloom never pulled the trigger. however, he is not the reason for why they 're not spending. John Henry is the reason for Boston not spending to give to, to be a top of the line franchise. Yeah, and you you basically hamstring you basically handicap your general manager by giving him a specific limit of two hundred and twenty five million dollars. Like, oh, you can't go over this. You have to make sure you're under two hundred and twenty five million dollars.
2: How right, the right. fuck
0: are you? How the fuck can you expect a general manager to succeed in that type of uh, in that type oh, yeah. of environment? So that right there, Heimbloom. I apologize for any for any sort of criticism I have given you over the over the last few years because it it, it was not on you. I mean, yeah, failing to get right. rid of Chris Sale, yeah, that was on you. But all like signing players and whatnot, that was all on John Henry. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, though, let's bring in Alex. Uh, Alex, welcome back to the show after after a long break uh, that we uh, had. Uh, Happy New Year, guys! I've been Happy talking. Year, yes, Happy New Year indeed. Um, I've been talking about well, I've been issuing an apology to Heim Bloom after reports came <laughs> out this week that Boston basically gave him. Uh, basically gave him a limit to how much could be spent and that you can't go over the 225 million dollar limit for uh for trying to construct a roster and wow we were all you know we were also talking about uh <coughs> you know the difference between big market clubs like like new york and la and compare them to small market teams like the Tampa Bay Rays and now how you have certain teams who are trying to replicate what Tampa Bay uh did when they made when they made it to the World Series with a below average uh payroll. Yeah. So I mean let's 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 bring this over to you Alex. What are your thoughts on the Boston Red Sox a a big market team trying to act like a small market team.
3: It's like putting up a, a governor, like a monitor, so people can't speed a certain miles per hour on like a sports car. You know, the governor, when you have a go-kart or an ATV, if you're growing up, I don't know if you guys ever messed around on one of those, but like where they can yeah. only go a certain speed or a golf cart, I don't know, I always love stuff like that. So like, it's almost like, uh yeah, you can only drive 45 miles an hour, but you're driving a Ferrari. They used to be in the what? fast lane, like the the Red Sox are a brilliant, brilliant, beautiful sports car, and the guy's given the keys to the car, and he's not allowed to drive uh, past the grannies. Like he has to drive in the slow lane. On, on yeah, the- yeah,
1: it's, it's like make, no
3: so Hopefully, that analogy finally made sense. But no, it's just like he's given the keys to a beautiful wow. machine and uh, once proud machine, one of the best around, and uh, he can't even keep up with the big dogs <laughs> who are spending over like outspending them hand over fist. And then you brought up an interesting point on Facebook this week about Yoshida. Now, imagine the one-year deal, the, one year into a really good contract with an awesome player from, uh, from overseas. Now they're, they're he, They put Yoshida, an awesome player from overseas that they just signed to a long-term deal on the trade block. But so I didn't even think about that. until you right. mentioned see Steve. that just sends a terrible message to yeah. other free agents. Oh, they can, we can sign a good contract with them and then they're going to want to trade us right away. So it's terrible PR it's another black eye on them. Like it makes them look bad to the the free agents out there. It's a, you know pro sports. Is, the players talk to each other. The reputation gets around. If an owner or a GM or a coach is unpopular or not paying money, players know about it. So they're like crossing uh, Boston off their Christmas list, off their free agent list uh, when they're shopping around for a new team in a couple summers. So the long term effects. I mean, it's already you're already seeing it right now. They're shedding salary from Chris Gale. I think he's kind of shot. So I don't mind that move because he really hasn't looked good. I mean, brilliant pitcher, but I think he's at the end of the road. Yeah. But but the other deals they've made are just yeah. Now it makes sense. Blooms the the, the GM is not even really allowed to spend a lot of the money. <laughs> so it's just Boston owners, just extremely cheap. That's the bottom line.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and speaking of, speaking of like that Chris Sale deal, a, a, go ahead, Lou. Like I just said, the Cheapskate plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's basically all that Boston it's has depending. become now uh, under John Henry. Uh, but you know, but you know though, you know though, he he's uh he wants to uh, oh build uh, he wants to build all this real estate around Fenway Park though. <laughs> yeah, you have yeah. the money to fucking build real estate all around Fenway Park, but you don't have the money to put a competitive team out there. That's where his interests are right now. That's
1: That where, makes you know, no sense whatsoever.
3: No. Yeah. So, someone else should be able to be owners. It's, it's a real shot and a real slap in the face to the, the fan base and then the players, too. They're going to want to jump ship. They don't want to be a 500 team. Uh, playing Fenway Park is such a great stadium with great fans. Such a disservice to the Boston faithful.
2: Right.
0: And uh, speaking of the Chris Sale deal, Uh, like you mentioned, Alex, uh, the Atlanta Braves, they acquired Chris Sale from the Boston Red Sox and cash considerations, might I add. Boston will be paying $17 million of Chris Sale's remaining $27.5 million uh, on the final year of his Red Sox deal. Uh, In return, the Atlanta Braves, and I like this deal, might I add, the Atlanta Braves give up infield prospect Vaughn Grissom, who yeah. was shut out right. by Ozzie Albies from the major league roster. Grissom. Yeah. Grissom. Uh, ha, he tried to carve out a permanent role in Atlanta, but he gets a fresh start in Boston. Uh, more than likely he will be the starting second baseman for Boston. Uh He's shown some serious promise at the dish, posting a uh, .746 OPS with five homers and five steals and 236 plate appearances in the majors since 2022. And, by the way, might I add, uh, his first Major League homer came in his first Major League game at Fenway Park, where he absolutely obliterated he absolutely obliterated a pitch over the Green Monster. I'll bet. I'm telling you right yeah. now. The
2: Green this Monster. Kid...
0: Yeah, over the wall.
2: mascot. Yeah, over
0: the, no, over, over the, the over the big left over the big left field wall. That's called yeah. the Green Monster. It's it's probably the okay. biggest left field, uh, in in Major League Baseball.
3: Yeah, we saw him um, with the ball. Um, yeah, Grissom's got serious upside, guys. And, and the cool thing is, Steve, not only was he blocked by Ozzy Albi, Albies, Albi, he's a shortstop and a second baseman. He was blocked by Orlando Garcia, who really resurrected his <laughs> career after starting off strong in, in Milwaukee. So, like, Atlanta always finds these guys that start kicking ass in Atlanta. I wouldn't be surprised if Stale resurrects himself. Atlanta's like Tampa. with They get these pitchers, and they dust them off and make them like new again somehow. But... No good right. move for boston i just i i still I, I'm still skeptical about Kale. and Grissom is a great young player. He was just completely blocked by Atlanta. That's the only reason he hasn't really uh shined yet and he shook flashes right like you said first game first home run was in Boston. that's a nice move for
0: Boston yeah and and you know i've seen i uh he for some reason like like I said, he got blocked by Albies' and also by Arcia. Uh, last year he only had like I think eight or nine RBIs in the short time that he was in the majors last year uh, He spent more time in the majors in 2022 if anything um, But where all of his five home runs came from but from what I've seen I, I like his swing you know, he has a home run style swing
2: Yeah,
0: which uh, You know just based off of Based off of what I've seen out of uh, out of uh, out of the tape on him, I mean, yeah, he you know, the defense does need work, but I I value the upside a lot more, the offensive upside a lot more than I do his defense. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you know we we stuck we stuck Pablo Reyes out there last last year. It's for, a good Yeah, you know, this is. And, and, and
3: middle infielder too <laughs> that it just adds value. If you're gonna get a batter, like, you know, what better position? Maybe catcher, like center field. Right. But like they're loaded in the outfield and now they just add a really nice young middle infielder. And Sale wasn't really gonna do I mean, come on, his time's up in Boston. That was a great move for Boston I
0: thought. The problem with Sale is that Sale always seemed to be very injury prone. Like if he didn't tear if he didn't if he didn't uh suffer an elbow injury he would break a finger or he yeah. would do something that yeah. would keep him off of the, that would keep him off of the mound. Uh, now here's what I find interesting though, is Atlanta then signed him to a two year, $38 million extension with an $18 million club option for 2026. So, I mean, that, I think that kind of, that kind of surprises me maybe perhaps, they think that if he's lower in their, uh, you know, if he's lower in their pitching rotation, he'll have more favorable matchups as opposed to, uh, you know, as opposed to being a starting ace, you know. uh, He's probably no longer a starting ace. However, based off of what I saw out of him last year, he's still – you know, he still can pitch at a major league level. You know, he's still, I mean, arguably he was, he was considered to be Boston's best starter last year. Yeah. You know, despite, despite missing uh part of the season with an injury, uh, he was still considered to be Boston's best, uh, Boston's best starter. And <laughs> now with him being officially out of the picture, you know that leaves mm-hmm. that leaves right now. Mm-hmm. I believe. <laughs> you know, wow. I don't know who would be, who would be their their starter. I would say maybe. Well, because it sounds like James Paxton isn't coming back, so uh, James Paxton <laughs> is off taps, of the uh, is off of the possibility
3: the Mets, list. You got that? Gone. They're better than Senga and dog shit. The rest of the Mets staff, but yeah.
0: I would say maybe Brian Bello projects as the number yeah. one starter right now. Uh, Brian Bello, followed by maybe, I don't know if they're going to put Giolito in the number two spot because uh, right now they're starters they have Giolito, they have Bello, they have Pavetta, they got Tanner Houck, they got Garrett Whitlock, and they got Cutter Crawford, which. I mean, depending on what happens, uh, there's a rumor going around no. that Ken- that Kenley Jansen is out on the market right now no. <laughs> in terms of uh, no. being potentially traded. So if they get rid of oh. Kenley Jansen, no. then you might see one of Tanner Houck or Garrett Whitlock move to the no. bullpen. Uh, no. What no. I find absolutely atrocious, though, is that Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, I I forget which one it was, if it was Bleacher Report Mm -hmm. or something, but uh, one outlet Mm -hmm. had Boston's rotation as the 10th Mm -hmm. best rotation in baseball. And to that I say, Mm -hmm. how? Mm -hmm. How in the blue hell does Boston have the 10th best rotation? Mm I just don't see it.
1: No.
3: That's the other grand ball, now with This you know, might be a college kid sitting around in the mm-hmm. storm writing that on Bleacher Report. But still, yeah, mm-hmm. anyone who says Possibly. that. Possibly. I mean, Bellows, really good upside. He'd be like my home starter for the mm-hmm. opening day for Boston. You know, give the fans that youthful injection. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like the young gun for them. Uh, but if mm-hmm. Giolito pitches really well, he's been so erratic, though. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, they've if Bello and Giolito are really good. The other guys know. you mentioned are all pretty solid. B, B-plus type pitchers. You know, it's not, a, it's not a terrible staff. I don't know if it's a top-ten no. staff.
0: I don't think it's a top-ten staff. It's not a terrible middle, middle staff. Of the but
3: middle of the pack. Middle yeah, of the pack. The top like, you know, like, big like, like average. 10, I, would I don't say. Think Maybe. So. No, I don't think yeah. so. I'd, I'd say, like, you know, pretty average. I mean, I, I, I can't can't name them off the top of my head, but, like, <laughs> I, I would I would definitely bet that there's, Nine, ten, twelve—better staffs. They'd probably be like middle of the MLB. It's a pretty good
0: group. I mean, it's easily your top three, your top three starters on this rotation right now are Brian Bello, Pavetta, and Lucas Giolito. Now that all depends on what Giolito we're gonna get. we're gonna get. Are we gonna get the? Uh, are we gonna get the Lucas Giolito from? from the uh... you know are we going to get him from the white Sox, or are we going to get him uh... from the angels slash uh... slash guardians
2: well
3: that's the,
0: the risky move
3: you know when no one knows
0: yeah it's it's definitely a it's a big it's a big question mark essentially, and where, you know, what type of, you know, what what version of Lucas Giolito is Boston going to get? Because if he's the White Sox version of Giolito, then, in my opinion, you know, Boston's all set. Because, you know, you know Giolito in Chicago was still considered to be and uh, you know, he he was considered to be a borderline elite essentially for that Chicago rotation. So you know, I do think I do think it, it remains to be seen uh what's gonna happen in particular to when it comes to Boston's rotation, Boston. but just the one thing just the one thing I've, no, I've noticed, though, is it seems like Boston, out of everybody, you know, everybody they've been interested in, it almost it almost seems it almost seems like Boston yeah. is always going in a different direction, so to speak. Like well, they've done the pack, they
3: walk-, walk up, Corey Kluber.
0: You notice a the team there, all like one-year
3: deals, like older guys oh. that are like reclamation projects. They got to start building those younger arms like Fellow and C- Crawford. You know what I mean? The, one, the one-year the one guys, it's like you're moving in quicks. You're not really moving forward. You're just like standing still with one-year deals like that. You know, build, build some young arms up. It's easier said than done, but I think they're on the right path with like Fellow and Crawford. And I like Tanner Hawk a lot. What do you think of him? He's got a live arm. Just yeah. let him be a starter for a full year and let him grow
0: yeah you know I've always said this i've I've said this from the beginning uh ever since they brought him into the majors. let the kid pitch right. for for his entire first year. Cora was afraid of having him go to five innings or having him go past five innings, even regardless of his pitch count It's like let the kid pitch you're not going to. You're not going to really know what you're going to have in him unless, you know, you actually allow him to showcase his talent. Yeah. And they kept moving him so. back
3: into the bullpen, <laughs> back and forth, yo-yo. I mean, the kid he messes with the guy's mentality. Let him be a starter and just keep him there and don't pull him after four innings if he's struggling. Like, Especially after four innings. The guy's like, I don't know a ton about, but I know with this much. The guy's like six foot six and throws – Filthy heat, like let him be a starter for a
0: full season, and don't don't touch him. Just let him be. Let him. Let him. Right. Pick. You know what the you know what the problem is, and they're doing this now with Whitlock too. They're basically they're basically doing the whole Daniel Bard thing with the two of them. If anybody remembers Daniel Bard in Boston, yes. I have uh, no idea who he is. Well, we'll, well, he was he was he was a former pitcher for the Boston Red Sox uh who yep. you know ever since ever since he came back into the league with Colorado he's been lighting it, lighting it up in Colorado's bullpen but uh he originally came into the league with the Boston Red Sox uh I believe it was as a reliever or no he he was drafted as a starting pitcher uh, he started off his career his uh his professional career as a starter and then they decided to switch him to the bullpen because he had problems as a starter. Then he started putting up huge numbers as a uh, as a reliever he gets called up to boston has you know he he has spectacular numbers out of the bullpen, and then all of a sudden. They decide to do that that whole bullshit of oh well, he was great as a, as a bullpen uh, as a bullpen pitcher let's ha- let's let 's switch him over to being a starter and then he ended up uh, after they switched him over to a starter, he ended up sucking again, going five and six with a five point two four e r a and then uh, after after continuing switching him back and forth back and forth, he then got option to Pawtucket. Uh, before ultimately being taken off of the 40-man roster entirely. And then Ridiculous. he got designated like, for assignment in, in 2013. Like they basically ruined
3: his career. It's like developmental or like whatever, coaching, like malpractice, <laughs> like just messing the guy up. Like not even just letting him grow as a normal pitcher. You're a reliever. Next month you're a starter. Next week, up oh, we want you to be a reliever. Now you're going down to the minors. Now you're going back
0: up. The guy's mentality is just like no confidence.
3: Just mismanagement.
0: Yeah. And and now they're doing the same thing. I feel they're doing the same thing with Tanner Houck and with uh and with uh what what's his face? Um Garrett Whitlock. And everybody saw Uh, what Whitlock was like out of the bullpen for Boston in his first full year in the majors, eight and four record with a below two ERA uh, through 46 appearances out of the bullpen.
2: His second
0: year. Now his second year was kind of limited due to injury uh, four and two record with a 3.45 ERA uh, in 31 games, nine of those games as a starter. Now this year, he had a five and five record uh, through twenty two games, uh, ten of them being starts, uh, with an ERA of five point one five. So they're 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 doing the same bullshit with him and House yeah. like they did with Daniel Bard, switching him over from start from reliever to starter to reliever to starter to reliever to starter, like it's like make up your fucking mind. What are you going to do?
3: I don't see the elite yeah. team is doing that. I just
1: Do know you think could be that there. these people are going to quit the Red Sox and go someplace else? Mm, they may come
3: to that. Well, that's for a trade if they're pissed off, eventually.
0: I mean, it, it all depends on who they are, though. Because if, yeah. if, if you're somebody like Trevor Story and you request a trade, nobody's uh, – th- I, I already know for a fact they've tried to trade away Trevor Story this offseason, and nobody has been nobody has been willing to take on his contract. With that contract, yeah,
3: people are, like, allergic to him. Like a skunk. Yeah. Now
1: on time, are you allergic to a player?
3: It's an analogy. Well, like, they don't, they don't, it's, mm-hmm. His contract makes him very uh, unattractive.
1: Yeah, we didn't even like
3: People don't want to pay two hundred and fifty million for like an injured player. No. But like the, right. the the arms, Hawk and Whitlock, like those those would be those guys could get a good trade value. Someone else will take those guys if Boston keeps messing up their
0: mentality. By because, switching um, their position.
2: Ring you back on the mat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the yeah. at the same time though at the same at the same time though, uh you know, if if they continue to go back and forth w- with those two players, they may they may ch- mess up their trade value in general. You know, teams will be able to take will be willing to take them on, but they're not going to be willing to give up the same the same price that they may have been willing to give up in earlier years. Yeah, and he's on a dollar. Some team will take
3: it, like a like a Tampa or Atlanta. They will trade a prospect for one of those guys and then just make them a starter right away, and they'll win 15 or 17 games. You know, you know what I mean? Some team that's really good with pitchers right. will gladly take one of those guys and treat them well and actually play them where they're supposed to be as a starting pitcher. It's like, Boston, right. what are you doing yo-yoing these guys back and forth between the... You don't see World Series teams doing that, like wrecking young pitchers. I don't know what the hell Boston is doing with their pitchers. Let them let them start or let them stay where they're most comfortable. I mean, not like earth shattering. I don't know why they're trying to reinvent everything and
0: do something so unique. Wait, well, you know, no, it's because really they feel. Players. It's because they feel they feel that they have bigger brains. Uh, they play the big brain method. That oh,
2: yeah.
0: oh we can we, you know we can out we can outthink every other team, uh, by. Uh, using by utilizing, uh, th- that's why they value people who can play multiple positions so much. Like, oh, uh, you know, if if somebody's willing to, if they're normally a first baseman and they're willing to play third base, even though they probably suck at third base, uh, you know, we'll have them on this team because it's more about value than it is about talent. Wow. <laughs> out, and it's everyone. sort of the same thing with pitching. It's sort of the same thing with pitching. Like, if 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 somebody's willing to give us innings out of the bullpen, even though they're a starter, well, then we'll take that because we need help in the bullpen. So uh, we'll sacrifice right. a starter by having him go to the bullpen. Kind of like what they did with Nick Pavetta, where they they had too many starters. Oh, yeah. That guy. They had too many starters, so they put Nick Pavetta in the bullpen to start the season. Eventually, he made his way back into the uh, starting rotation when they had no other choice. Uh, but, yeah, it's. Much movement. You know, it's musical to that point.
3: It's... Yeah, and the positional versatility, I mean, I'll, uh, I always cheat them up too much. Now they're now they're really hemorrhaging money and losing a lot of players. But it, like Tampa, when they draft someone right away, they have them playing three or four positions. That's in the farm system. Boston tries to do yeah. that, like, at the pro level when the guys are already, like, during their career. It's just, a, I don't know. They're trying to, like, they their are is all over the place. I've never seen a successful team, though, switch good-looking starting pitchers into bullpen and then back and forth, back and forth. I don't think it's going to work, but they keep doing that. You're right. It's, like, it's
0: pretty maddening. It doesn't pay off. And by the way, before before we move on from Boston, I do want to add on to the Masataka Yoshida news. If you sign him to the contract that you signed him to, and this is a, this is this will be his second year in that deal, might I add? And if you have him in his first year hitting two eighty nine with 15 homers and 72 RBIs, I would say that's a pretty good first year for uh, for a rookie coming out of Japan.
3: Yeah, awesome. Really good player.
0: And now you want to get rid of him because of the fact that, oh, he has such a huge contract? But well, why did you even sign him in the first place?
3: <laughs> One year into it, and he's kicking ass. Let's get rid of him quickly.
0: Makes no sense. Yeah. Like the
3: Brewers uh <laughs> re- at, I mean – <laughs> small market and a small market mentality in a big city,
0: just because of this owner, it's it's really disaster. It's not fair. Yeah, it's pathetic, and that's why that's why during the winter weekend that Boston uh, holds every winter, they hold a uh, they hold a uh, a thing called Winter Weekend, where they where fans get a chance to meet the players, and usually they do a town hall. Uh, where they interview members of Red Sox management uh, about the upcoming season, they canceled the town hall for this year after management wow. got relentlessly booed last year by the by the that's, fans. That's
3: embarrassing.
0: embarrassing. I mean, John Henry doesn't care, anyways. John John Henry he he basically sits there like a like a rotting carcass essentially, at this
3: point. We get a Bernie. He's like, we get get a Bernie, just a mannequin, just a A a puppet on a string. Yeah, you're right. He's on a yacht somewhere. He can can give two shifts. He's on a yacht somewhere hanging out. He doesn't care
0: about the fans. Doesn't seem like it. No. But uh, we are going to stay in Major League Baseball, though, and we go from one sickening story to another uh this one maybe even well actually yeah this one is definitely worse uh we do have an official update on Va- on uh tampa bay ray uh well i should say former tampa bay ray now it's wander former. franco oh ex-professional yeah according- ex-professional former professional athlete <laughs> yeah according to the public ministry out in the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico somewhere somewhere out there he had a 4 month love relationship with a minor
1: yep idiot
0: for four, for 4 months something that was agreed upon by the minor's mother the minor was under the control of the accused Wander Samuel Franco Ibar on December 9th, 2022, because he stole her from the main street of the Los Surelios Mont- Montelano Municipality Province, Puerto Plata, north of the Dominican Republic. The prosecution revealed that he abducted the 14-year-old minor for a period of two days where he had sexual relations with the teenager with whom he had a relationship of courtship for a period of four months. The document also revealed that said relationship was consented to by the accused, uh, Martha Vanessa Chevalier Almonte, who is the mother of the teenager, which is something that violated Dominican laws. Uh, Upon those that were confiscated from the mother, eight cell phones and a piece of land— The money, the money that, uh, that was given to her from Franco was used to make various investments. The public ministry detailed in the coercion measure file that a Suzuki vehicle, TWIST model, a portion of land measuring 600 meters and eight cell phones of various brands and models were confiscated from the mother, as well as an Apple brand computer. The sum of 800,000 Dominican pesos and 68,500 American dollars were also taken from the miner's mother. Okay. Uh, investigations had showed that Chevalier has a financial certificate of more than 2 million pesos. Uh, when <coughs> here's where it gets sickening. When asked about the relationship, Wander Franco said, I took a risk and I loved it. An extract of the conversations that he had uh, with the minor uh, reveals that the major league player was aware of the negative implications it had for his future as an athlete to to maintain a relationship with a minor. The 15-year-old minor whose identity is omitted for legal reasons was the one who reported that she was sexually exploited by her mother with the baseball player and did so through a digital platform to which she sent screenshots of her conversations with Franco. In one of them, Franco's statements include the following. My girl, if my team realizes this, it could cause problems for me. It is a rule in all teams not to talk to minors, and nevertheless, I took, a, I took the risk and I loved it. Uh, furthermore, in the extract, Franco recognizes that the young woman is just a girl. He even asks her to let, her, to let herself be raised by him in her own way. When she is there, she demands him. Basically, she wanted, she wanted him to be, or, or, or he wanted her to be his slave, essentially, is what I'm getting out of right. this. I would like yeah, you yeah. to forget everything you have learned to raise yourself my way. Wow. Uh, in said conversation, Franco confesses that he loves her and that he was willing to give her one last chance, but he demanded exclusivity for the minor who was supposedly in another relationship. The young woman asked him how he would raise her without love, without respect. To which the athlete responded, oh, wait, hang on a minute. I lost uh I lost my uh, my place here." Uh, to which the athlete responded, "There was more to it, but you, but you're just a girl." and you don't know how to get along with me. That's why you failed. But I give you one chance. You should be you should be just for me. Don't look at anyone else. I know you've been with someone else, but no one will know how to use you the way I want and give you. In her yes. interaction with the digital medium, the young woman justified why she was motivated to denounce the relationship she had with the illegal consent of her mother uh, by saying, he used me, and as you saw in the messages, he bribed me a lot, and they took me out of school I was in, out of the school I was in because of him. As they say, they have damaged my life, and he hasn't even tried to fix it. Uh-huh. I just got a This fucking guy. You know, Seriously. The, yeah. uh, right now, he he was granted conditional release by a judge. This guy should should be behind bars.
3: He could go on the run now. Yeah. Yeah, he should definitely be locked up. He's, like, holding her I mean, hostage. this is like the a guy... <laughs> <What> a <thing. laughs> the, Traffic.
0: You know, this is...
3: The mom the mom's, this like, is a guy trafficked her own daughter. Yeah. She should be buried under the prison jail. Yeah, The mom's just as... Sco- I mean, uh, yeah, they're both equally demonic. Uh, both should be buried under the prison, both culpable. Both should definitely oh, be yeah. in prison.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I should add, by the way, that the mother is still detained as of now. Good.
3: Yeah, yeah. What a terrible story. But, God. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, right now if I was Tampa, if I was Tampa Bay, I'd be, I'd be fine. I'd be filing with the, uh, with the league, to get ourselves out of his, out of this guy's contract.
3: Pretty sure it's the biggest contract ever. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They should be able to avoid that. There's a hundred. I read it was what ten or eleven years, 182 million, which is like you know, 80 billion for Tampa dollars. It's by far the biggest contract they ever doled out, and this happens
0: yeah so not, oh, and there's more yeah. there there's more also as well um, so it says that uh, the judge said Franco is allowed to leave the Dominican Republic but must return once a month to meet with authorities. He also was ordered to pay two million Dominican pesos, which is the equivalent of thirty four thousand dollars American, as a type of deposit as the investigation continues. Authorities accused Franco of taking the minor away from her home in Puerto Plata and having a four-month relationship with her with consent from the girl's mother. They accused Franco of sending the mother monthly payments of, seven, of, of $1,700 for seven months and buying her a car in order to allow the relationship and let her go out with him wherever she wanted. Uh-huh. And also, the girl was quoted as saying she had demanded that a local digital media site publish an item about her alleged relationship with the baseball player because she was tired of her mother, whom she accused of taking Franco's right. money and not sharing any of it with her. That right there, I mean, it's it's bad enough that, you know, it's it's, it's, bad, it's bad enough that uh, that this is happening to a 15-year-old girl. But that right there, it kind of, that one last line that I mentioned, that she was tired of her mother, whom she accused of taking Franco's money and not sharing any of it with her. So the girl mm-hmm. wants Franco's money at the same time while her mother was using her as a what was pimping her out basically which i mean obviously is disgusting to begin with but that right there i mean it basically points out that the girl was more than willing to to have this relationship go on as long as she was getting money but now that she isn't getting money is basically why she basically why she uh she put this story out there either way though i mean not that... what's the custom <laughs>
3: 16 or what's the age of consent I, either way it's illegal for what was going on yes even obviously. with the parents even with the parents blessing <laughs> but yeah her mom was trafficking her and she very bur- bur- legally was being a sex slave and then she wasn't seeing any of the money. right i know it sounds kind of like whatever for her to ask for the money but at least she should have. At least she should have. She should deserve that if the family's getting paid. I mean, right? Uh, probably maybe from a lower income area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A, a different. The, the money currency is a lot different. Wander Franco's is walking around with 180 million dollars in his bank account. So the mom's right. like, "Oh yeah, let's make some money." So we know that's going on, which is it's terrible, but unfortunately that happens. But yeah, she's a minor, so it's doubly wrong for him. Right. He, I mean, I would imagine it got to be several, it several
0: years in prison. Not right, you know two or three be. years. His career is completely done. His career is done. Uh, the girl isn't gonna. The girl isn't gonna have a mother in her life nope. for uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Awful. I mean, it's it, it, honestly, it's it's sickening, but, you know. And granted, but let me let me just say, I wasn't trying to defend Wander Franco at all with with uh, what I said about the girl not receiving any money. Uh, oh, I know. But it just it just seemed to me like, oh, the girl the girl if she had received the money, would have kept it a secret, and yeah. the, because she didn't receive money. She's like, well, fuck you then. I'm reporting you to the, uh, I'm, repo- I'm reporting you for raping me.
3: And it's like Wander, either way, looks he is a, to- a complete piece of uh, crap and a total dirtbag. <laughs> You'd think he'd, be, he'd have one iota of intelligence, at least a little bit, to try, to try to conceal this terrible act and at least pay the girl directly. He's like sure. going around her back paying the mom. Good on her for blowing the whole thing up in exposing it
0: right but at the same time at the same time this is just my opinion but it just it i think it speaks more to her morals that because she wasn't getting any money for it that's the yeah, only reason get- why she reported him yeah
3: it's tricky because i mean a lot of trafficking you it's, it's so horrendous to even talk about it but we all know the facts like there's people all over the world that get flown out and never see their families again and yeah. they're literally going from motel to motel in like Florida and then Ohio then uh then Mississippi and you know what I mean? This was right. like an arranged here's a lot of money for the family and it seems somewhat like she was interested in him. Wow, pro player, like one guy, you know. So it's not your typical really, really horrific trafficking where the people would the only money is going to some random pimp who's a piece of you know felon on the run from his from the law this is kind of unique it but he was literally just paying the mom the mom was the pimp it makes it probably maybe even right. more disgusting more deplorable it's terrible i mean it's like she was a piece of property
0: just awful basically that's a, that's a really what it uh, that's really what it seems like I mean Lou what are, Lou what are, your, what are your thoughts on uh, on this whole developing situation as we as we start to start to uncover more about about Wander Franco
1: <laughs> what an idiot I mean this is this you know, the beginning of the month right here involved with a minor first of all, and then it, you know mother, and then get in all this kind of crap I mean really, seriously what what is he his right mind? To do that with a fifteen-year-old, much less you know anybody, I mean, you shouldn't do anything like anywhere like that at all. But a minor, this guy, is, this guy, is a, this guy is just a sicko, just complete a complete sicko. I mean, I never thought he was a player, but now he's even more of a sick human being. Mm-hmm.
0: And not just not just that, but it's like you have a whole big league career in front of you. You did. And... Anyway. You, well, yeah, but what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is though is that you have a whole big league career in front of you, and you decide to just throw it all away. Right. You decide to throw it all away because of the fact that you're a fucking pervert. And
3: his and his he buried himself. He dug his own grave, he dug his least. own ditch, with it. his own shovel was his the text messages and those words. I'm, it's worth taking a risk. Like talk about. Talk about proving right. your own we're guilt. You know, he just – he totally buried himself with what he wrote to her. Uh, it's yeah, a risk he right. takes. He's, he's, he's admitting his guilt. I mean, everyone can see that. But Ray Charles can see that. The guy's totally screwed. He's done. That's what, he's, exactly his,
1: that's what his guilt <laughs> Actually, in the article, I said even Stevie Wonder could say that, but you're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lou, yeah,
2: Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wish.
1: Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. Still,
0: still, though it's, very, it's 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 fucking disgusting. Just just looking at uh, at the whole and, and just, just the whole thing in general, and it, it's it's worse. The fact that that the mother is the one doing all the, uh, from what it seems work. like, the mo- the mother is the one you know handling all of the uh, negotiations, kind of so to speak. I guess you could say. Yeah, she was trapped in just. Daughter? The pimp,
3: the uh, Dominican Kardashian. but at least, you know, th- those girls see a lot of money, so it's a bad comparison, but that kind of pimps those girls out too when they were coming yeah. up. Yeah, the parents were profiting off the daughter. But uh, this is much more, much dirtier version of that. But yeah, it's amazing. Like you said, it even goes back to, like, they can't Uber, but they drive drunk in a $500,000 car where Uber costs 40 bucks like a Henry Ruggs blowing up his car and killing someone on the, on the Vegas Raiders. The, uh, the Wander Frank is 23 years old, living in Florida. There's some attractive people there. I don't need to go further. Like, he has the world ahead of him, $180 million contract. He's a professional player. He could do quite well with uh, his dating life if he wanted to. But he chose to completely ruin it, just like like obsessing over a 15-year-old yeah. in, a different, in a different country. Dude, <laughs> bad enough anywhere, but like, wow, uh, it's just
0: completely mind blowing. Well, you know the thing is, he wouldn't. I, I, I'm wondering if maybe he thought because it was over in, uh, because it was over in the Dominican Republic that he thought he could get away with it over there. As right. Opposed yeah, to yeah, if it it he harder. were to try it in the states, if he were to try it in the states, they have much more stricter. Uh, you know they have much more stricter laws and stricter, uh, totally. Uh, you know stricter. How, how should I put it? Um, it? Like everything is much more closely monitored. It's a lot more in, in the like, state. Yeah, it's not like oh, like <laughs>
3: yeah. In, in other countries, the ages vary. Um, you know, there's arranged marriages. You're right. It's a lot more slippery slope here. It's like yeah, the yeah. age is the age, and you're screwed if you do that. Yeah, he just, you know, and then he's writing, you know, these love letters and novels, like he's just totally admitting his guilt with all these messages to her. I mean, he's totally done.
0: With her. I mean, that girl right now is is very, even though, even though she's pissed off that she wasn't getting paid, uh, she's very lucky considering uh, yes. the way he was the way he was addressing her the way he was speaking to her through those through those messages she's very lucky that she was able to be able to report him yes because you know who knows what this could have potentially turned into down the line yeah you know he could he could have ended up Using her like as as Alex said earlier as property, you know she's hope, been viewed at some point as property.
3: I'm assuming and hoping she'll she'll sue, you know, with litigation lawyers she'll she'll be able to get a lot of money. She gets the money and strip the mom of whatever she was getting,
0: put her in prison. Oh yeah, I think the mom, the mom is facing a, quite a while in prison. I don't think I don't think she'll be uh, I don't think Driving she'll be seeing uh, <laughs> I don't think she'll be seeing the outside anytime soon. Good.
1: Not this entry.
0: Terrible story. Yeah, it's uh, it's devastating, quite frankly. Um
2: Good.
0: Now we go from one. Uh, From from one sport over to the other, as we go into college football, we're going to cover, obviously, the uh, national title game in a minute. But uh, apparently, the NCAA was involved in a breach
1: of sorts
0: over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Catapult, which is the company that that handles video footage for college football programs, uh, mentioned before the new year, that the NCAA was conducting an investigation into an allegation that an unnamed college football program gained access, gained unauthorized access to its materials. That unnamed college football program has now been unearthed as Ohio State. Uh, In a statement provided to ESPN, Catapult Sports confirmed that it has conducted an investigation into the allegation but they allegedly did not find a breach of their system. The company said that they are cooperating with local authorities in the NCAA. Uh, The Big Ten, meanwhile, was not alerted of any investigation by the NCAA or Catapult involving any of its member schools. Uh, Catapult provides software to college football teams that is used to share practice film and video clips to coaches and players to study. Uh, the investigation was launched after an unnamed football program, Ohio State, was accused of accessing video from other programs. A Michigan spokesperson said that it is not being accused of the allegation and believed it was one of the schools targeted in the breach. What a shock. Right. Uh, Michigan had yeah. shut down access to their cloud and video through Catapult <laughs> in early November to prevent yeah. any unauthorized access to its film. <laughs> Big Ten's so, got a real
3: fetish in videos, yeah. man. They got to calm down all the films and all this fine. And, man, it's a league-wide thing. Who's next? Iowa's gonna get caught, or
0: one of these it's other schools? That's a good question. I mean, you know, you got you, you kind of, you kind of have to wonder, you know, how much further uh, of a level are they gonna, are they gonna go? you know when it comes to uh when it comes to certain teams or certain universities attempting this i mean i don't think anybody is shocked at the fact that it was ohio state this time yeah yeah, yeah. but and you know this isn't the first time obviously that michigan was potentially involved because you know, we all know about the allegations uh, surrounding Jim Harbaugh earlier this season. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that – the fact that teams are potentially trying to breach video systems that is gonna add potentially a whole nother level that maybe maybe perhaps in the uh upcoming in the upcoming uh years, you know, the NCAA is gonna is gonna have to uh <coughs> is gonna have to look into fortifying uh their you know, their video uh their video access.
3: Absolutely. A lot of cheating going on.
0: Oh, yeah. Big time. And speaking of the NCAA, uh, we do have the official national title game that for Monday with number one, Michigan, it's a battle of undefeateds, actually. Uh, Number one, Michigan takes on number two, Washington. Uh, And obviously I talked about this earlier on Lou's show earlier today, (laughs) <laughs> but one could argue that this is a battle of defense versus offense, of Michigan totally. defense against, against the high-profile high offense of, of Washington. And, I mean, they got Michael Penix, who, ha, who, who is a legitimate NFL arm, and from what it sounds like, it sounds like his draft stock has been rising. You could potentially see him go anywhere in the top fifteen in the upcoming draft. Yeah. From what it sounds like. Uh, you know, he led <coughs> he led Washington to a thirty seven thirty one victory in the All State Sugar Bowl over uh Texas, over Texas. Michigan on the other hand, uh squeaked squeaked by Alabama in overtime twenty seven to twenty in the Rose Bowl. Uh and, honestly, it was all thanks to their defense, if anything. I mean, I, I saw so many mistakes from J.J. J. McCarthy uh, that if I was an NFL team, I would kind of be thinking twice about potentially taking McCarthy in the draft this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there a were lot a, lot couple like there a couple like of a throws. There were a couple of throws that
3: Matt like Jones he doesn't really well. uh, Yeah, but I was about to say that. Like as good as the talent around him. He seems like more of a game manager. Not really like a star quarterback to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. He's a good player. doesn't have that wow factor that panics. They're like uh, Jade Daniels from LSU. I think they're on right. a different level than him. They're on a different level.
0: And you know, if you're the Patriots, uh, obviously the Patriots are likely to finish with a top five pick. If I'm the Patriots, I mean, obviously, you're probably not going to get Caleb Williams. Drake May may be still in play if you if you somehow get the number two pick. I'm looking at either Drake May, Jaden uh, Daniels, or uh, Michael Penix if I'm get, if I'm taking a quarterback in the first round. Cause I haven't seen I haven't seen a ton out of uh, from
3: Carolina guy. I mean, Penix. I know I've been shooting this one a lot lately, but like, I think the guy's going to be a stud in the NFL. Daniels looks great. I mean, I to me, he's the best out of the three. Better than, is is May I have not seen a lot of May though. Is May better than Phoenix? Would you rather have him on the Pats?
0: You know, they've said May they've said May is basically a more athletic, more calm Mac Jones. Okay. Like like think of Mac Jones, but if Mac Jones didn't crumble under pressure. Didn't have meltdowns and could run around. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> that's got you melting down. <laughs> the opposite of that. <laughs> if you could move around like, and just, keep it cool. Like,
0: just, think, just, think of, just think of Mac Jones if, I mean, if he had to scramble out of the pocket, but otherwise if, uh, if Mac Jones was more calm and, you know, didn't crumble under pressure. That's basically what Drake May is. And right. he has some people. Some people say he has a he has a more accurate arm too.
3: Okay. I
0: just Daniel's <laughs> and
3: Penix. Man, I just I've always liked the athletic quarterback. A lot of Eagles guys have been like that, but I, I just love that the, the dual threat. And I'm not a huge believer in Caleb Williams personally. I mean, I just think Penix well, might be the best of the bunch in in a several years from now. I I'd like, I think the Patriots would would be really happy if they drafted Penix. Um, it could really pay off to them. I don't know about May. That that reminds me of like a Trubisky or kind of like a or a Zach Wilson. You know, it's like this guy kind of came out of nowhere. The last two years, I don't know. I haven't seen a whole ton about him though, so maybe I'm totally off on him. But uh, we're watching like Penix and I saw a lot of uh, Jaden Daniels and they're just like they're just awesome players.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I've sort of grown a little bit more on Penix. The more I've, the more I've gotten to see, the yeah. more I've gotten to see him play. Uh, however, though I, you know, it's hard for me to pick between him and Daniels. I would want to say Daniels more because he he plays in a tougher conference. Yeah. Uh You know, but he he plays in the SEC. Even though, the, you know, granted, even though Michael Penix, uh, you know, has uh you know he's in the uh the college football playoff, but the big question is how much of his success is due to the people around him, and yeah. how much of it is due to him
3: got two really good receivers apparently that'll be playing on Sunday, Romeo and
0: the I forget the other guy's name but uh yeah, so I mean it's like if you take away if you take away those two dynamic receivers he has. Would he still be able to put up those same numbers?
3: Yeah, he's also 24 years old. He's also had injuries, and he's also um, not quite the I, I, I misspoke. He's not quite the athlete that Daniels is, or like a, you know, he's not. He's not your classic running quarterback either. He's more of a pocket guy. And he's got a lot of injuries. Right. I, there's some some flags on him. He's not a sure shot, but yeah, I, I think Daniels is probably like. I just I don't know. I think both guys are on par with Caleb Williams, the guy who was complaining all year and losing games in USC, and then you know demanding ownership. I, I would steer clear at him. I, it wouldn't shock me if Penix or Jaden Daniels are definitely better pros.
0: The two best out of this class. Right. You know, I, I would be. I, I'm going in there assuming that the Patriots will be out of the Drake May. And Caleb Williams sweepstakes. I would prefer that they take Jaden Daniels. But I think a lot of it comes down to, I think a lot of it comes down to is Belichick going to be making the pick? Is it going to be somebody else making the pick? Uh, Because there is, there is a big question. Uh, Bill Belichick is supposed to meet on Monday with the Kraft family to determine his future, uh, uh, also known as Black Monday,
3: uh, Matt to Manning determine his
0: day. future. <laughs> yeah, Black Monday, and from what it sounds like, it sounds like there will be quite a few teams interested in his services if he, if he somehow hits the open market. Definitely, and when I say a few, I mean, uh, uh, I believe it was Adam Schefter, who said at least ten teams. Would be interested in Belichick's services as head coach.
3: I mean, I don't know about Lou. Lou's got the Cowboys. I mean, I'd, the Eagles. <laughs> I'd take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, he could go most anywhere. Right. I mean, a lot of teams. A lot of teams would, would love Belichick. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I just think it's time for a fresh start for both. No team going. The relationship. The, the relationship is gone stale, and both sides need to move on. The Patriots and Mister Mister Hoodie.
0: Yeah, and I mean the thing is, and, and granted, I you know I spoke with my uncle about this, and he kind of he kind of said uh, in regards to this, where we've seen <laughs> we've seen reports come out this week about dysfunction within the Patriots coaching staff, to where uh, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, because he he's still pissed off at the fact that he was only able. Uh, he was only uh, allowed to hire one assistant coach, which ended up being the new tight ends coach. uh, Wow. That they brought in. He was only allowed by Belichick to hire one assistant coach. And that basically all of the other coaches would be, would be kept by Belichick. And so it came to one point in the season where O'Brien was like, Okay, fuck you know, you know, fuck all of your uh, positional coaches, you know, fuck the receivers coach, yeah. fuck the running back coach. You're, you guys are all going to report to me from now on. Uh, it's almost, it's almost been like a gigantic civil war in the Patriots coaching staff.
1: Yep.
0: Now, some of the question, you know, some of the question behind that though is, is that a result of them losing? You know, if they were winning, would we still be seeing that same thing, or is it a result of Belichick not, you know, is it a result of Belichick not willing to relinquish practically anything? Power struggle. Yeah. Is it a power struggle, yeah, I, or is it a result, or is it a result of them having a losing season?
1: My thing has resulted in having a losing
3: season. <laughs> It's just there's so many negative things floating around. They're just they're losing. They're getting embarrassed. The drafting's not good. There's in-house fighting everywhere. I mean, they're, they they have to they totally have to reset it. Just my opinion. But like there's so much right. negativity. And he's and he's considered a really good coach. A lot of other people want him. It's not working out in New England. Like the time has come to just both sides just make a change.
0: Start. Start yeah, somewhere I else. I mean,
3: it's got to be I done mean, again.
0: And I, well, you know, full, disclo- full disclosure. I've I only started watching Patriot football about a year before Brady came in. You know, the yeah. a, a year before a year before Brady came in, I started watching Patriot football. And you know, I know a lot of people say, "Well, you weren't here for the '90s and, and such when when the Patriots really yeah. struggled to put together a winning team." Yeah, but at the same time. <laughs> You know, I may have been spoiled with six Super Bowl titles in a span of 20 years, mm. but at the same time, it's it, you have to look at it from uh, from a standard of okay, you go to the playoffs under Mac Jones. You know, or no, uh, the first year post Brady, you missed the playoffs with Cam Newton. Your second year, you make the playoffs under Mac Jones, but you get eliminated in the first round. Your third year, post Brady, you miss the playoffs entirely uh, with a you have a below five a slightly below five hundred record. So you kind of figure, okay, you know Belichick will make some adjustments, and you know they'll get they'll get back to they'll at least be in contention. His biggest off-season acquisition was adding Riley Reef to the fucking offensive line, and he didn't even play a single game. And I'm not adding Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm not adding Dudu Smith-Schuster in there because he didn't do jack shit on the offense. Total bust. Total bust.
3: And he wasn't good in Kansas City. They were, I mean, his,
0: his, the
3: Rocks have been really
0: bad man. No secret. And you could have you could and have there's had all this
3: controversy. You could, you could have brought the, the back, coaching you, Patricia getting fired, fired, and he <laughs> sucks for the Eagles. And then switching. Yeah. I mean, last year, last year I thought was fireable offense uh, for sure, when they didn't even really know they were like it was like a joke of who was going to run the offense.
1: Like yeah. these million
3: dollar coaching gigs, it, this huge operation with six Super Bowl rings recently, it became a real carnival, like a real comedy show. And now, does not get any better anytime soon? It's, get, it's getting worse every week. Like, Once the turnaround, they
0: gotta, they got to start things over. With you else. want to know what's hilarious, though? You want to know what's hilarious? Belichick is pissed off because he never wanted Bill O'Brien to come back. He wanted uh-huh. Matt Patricia to stay on as offensive coordinator. Uh, I believe him. Well,
3: fit right in on the Eagles. they terrible coaches. Patricia fits right in on the Eagles staff. But yeah, it's like... I don't know. I don't want to. It's just It's it's ironic. I mean, when Brady left, it all started going downhill. But I didn't think it would be this bad. I still think Belichick's a good coach, but it's getting a lot worse before it's getting better. So it's it's like it's. I don't think there's any way to turn it around with him leading the way as as the Patriots. And I, but he can start somewhere else. And they can and they they can get a good good young coach
0: like Jared Mayo, like you said, Steve. They got to start something new. And, you know, I love Belichick. I love Belichick. I, I thank him for, uh, for everything that he brought to the organization. But it's just clear as day. You know, in a year where you're supposed to, you're supposed to have made improvements, and the only improvements he really made was to the defense because he still thinks yeah. that, oh, uh, we can compensate for having a bad offense as long as we have an elite defense. And we had, I think, a string. Yeah. I think we had a string of what three straight games where the defense gave up ten points or less, and they still lost. That was so bad. <laughs> it's
3: just unfair to the defensive I mean, players. Think of it that way. It's
0: I mean, bullshit. I, I mean, I love Belichick. I love Belichick. You know, that whole entire, that whole entire in Bill we trust. I would love to have him stay on as head coach, but he can't be in charge anymore of player personnel. He can't be in charge anymore of who, of who gets brought in. And no. and the thing is, is that he's not, he's not going to be the type of person to relinquish that type of control. He's just not.
3: No, the ego won't allow that.
0: <laughs> After all that success. So, yeah, so he's basically either he stays on as head coach and GM or he's out. You know, I just don't see. I would yeah. love for there to be a middle. I would love for there to be a middle where he would relinquish GM control, but I just don't see it happening. No, I don't see how
3: they retain him as head. I don't. I don't see how they mutually agree to keep him as head coach. You know, he'll, he'll quote unquote resign, and then there'll be twelve, thirteen, fourteen teams knocking on his door right away. He's still a popular. However, however coach
0: done in new england i think however here is one thing i will say i do wonder how much of it is the fact that mac jones just sucks because Mm -hmm. you put in bailey zappi ever since bailey zappi took over for mac jones and a lot of people you could argue that the patriots have played better under bailey zappi than they did under Mac Jones the entire season. Definitely. That's however, good. That's, yeah. However, though Bailey Zappi is not the answer at quarterback, and I really hope that they, I really hope that they see that and they don't decide, oh, uh, if we don't, you know, if we don't have a top three pick, we're going to take a uh, an offensive lineman in the first round. I really hope that that's not the route that they're going to go with, and they're going to say, "Oh, we can we can we can win under Zappi. No, there's
3: no way. If they no. whoever should be finished from ever making any know. sports decision. Yeah, next year they if they don't draft the quarterback, we're stunned. Unless I a mean, really Zappy good is free is agent. Unless 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 like they get an awesome free agent. So I don't know. I was thinking maybe. I'm sure other people have thought about it, but maybe like Russell Wilson. And
2: then and,
3: draft Marvel Williams. Well
0: Russell Wilson, believe it believe Bieber? it or not, uh believe it or not, the Patriots are the second favorited team uh on betting odds. And then you draft and then you draft Marvel Williams. But, yeah, if they I, get I the mean, number three pick. If they get the number two or number three.
3: Yeah. That could that can maybe happen. But in all likelihood, I mean, there's no way he can go in with Zappy or Mac Jones next year. It's just not.
0: No, Zappy is being. good as a backup.
3: Zappi is yeah, good as a like, backup. He's not going to be a starter to getting into the playoffs. They know better than that. We can see that so clear as day. I mean, if Belichick sticks around, they got to do something. they got to really get a quarterback in weapons. Uh, he doesn't have Wes Welker and Gronk and Brady anymore. It's time to, like, get with the program and get some real weapons and
0: and I mean, you even had it's, it's, you even had people you even had people, and this is this is directly from uh, from beat reporters uh, that yeah. cover New England specifically. You had people inside the organization even say, "Why are we not addressing the offensive side of the ball? Why are we going in there and taking all defensive players in the first couple of rounds of the draft?" And not just that. Then trading up into the fourth round to grab a kicker out of Maryland who can't hit for shit <laughs> in here, I'll tell you right now. I hope they. I hope they target that kid out of uh, out of Alabama, Reichard, or uh, however his. Uh, however, the uh, the kid the kid's name uh, the kid's name goes Will Reichard or something like that. Mm-hmm. Will Reichard. The kid has yeah. the kid has a cannon for a leg and he's he's also accurate as well. He's basically it's, what Chad Ryland is missing, accuracy.
2: Yeah, and
3: but I mean that's just sorry, that's just My a total dodge trading up into the fourth round to take a kicker when you have like no offensive weapons. It's just like mind blowing I mean, how do you do that? That's the smartest guy in the room. That's someone like that does that.
0: Word. However, it just is one bright side though, one bright side though, the pick of Demario Douglas in the sixth round. I think if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna build an offense next next year, I think Demario Douglas needs to stick around as at least a third wide receiver. I like him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I get like a number one. Weapon. in the games he has played this year, the kid has shown that he can, that he can ball if given the opportunity. Yeah. Now, obviously of course, you know, there's a whole bunch of other questions as well. Hunter Henry, who is expected to be out for tomorrow's game. Uh, Hunter Henry uh, will be finishing up his contract. There's a question of if he'll be brought back potentially. Uh, Mike Gesicki will also hit the free agent market as well, so they're going to have to deal with the tight end position, uh, which kind of does make me wonder if they don't go quarterback. It makes me wonder if they may go Brock Bowers out of Georgia.
3: Yeah, he's considered like the next Gronk, the next Tony Gonzalez, the next Kelsey. Uh, Belichick obviously likes a tight end, like, uh, like a Gronk style. Maybe they go Russell Wilson and Brock Bowers. I don't
1: know.
0: Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really. I, I think it all depends on where they finish tomorrow, where they finish after tomorrow's matchups. Uh, if they if the Jets can somehow beat the Patriots and Washington loses, I believe the Patriots have the tiebreaker. So the Patriots would get the number two pick, and Washington would get number three.
3: Well, the Jets are great at uh, Jets games. They, they love to shoot themselves in the foot. Like, even when they shouldn't win, that's when they'll win. Because that'll, that'll screw up their draft position, which they did with them when they got Zach Wilson. They, they won the last game of the year, and they lost out of the number one pick. So I, I bet the Jets win tomorrow. The Patriots should tomorrow.
0: Both teams. And you know, teams I I love score. it to to zero
1: game. <laughs>
0: I, love, I love it how people consider me to not be a real football fan because I want my team to lose. Right. Uh, I, I, I don't say I'm not a real football fan. I'm just a realist.
1: You know, You're a realist, if you
0: want your team, if you want your team to improve. Draft. Going further, going further down into into the draft purgatory is not the way to do it.
3: Uh, nope. No. Certain times you got to root for a loss uh, or a tank, whatever you want to call They're it. On. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a meaningless win that really screws you on draft day. It, yeah. they, they got to try to lose tomorrow.
2: <laughs>
3: wow! What a catch! my happy Houston. face on. Yeah. Keep a smile, but. Uh, uh, that's going to be an interesting game because the yeah, Jets can the long. Jets really want to lose too, but they do want to win yeah. in New England, which they've seemingly never done. So I think the Jets will win tomorrow, and it'll be good for the Patriots.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll say this thing too. Uh, they have a better chance with Trevor Simeon than they would have with that yeah. with uh, Zach Wilson. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, on ESPN right now, uh Houston and, and Indianapolis tied at seventh. With about nine minutes to go, the winner of this game advances into the playoffs. So we do still have a few playoff spots, uh, up for grabs. Uh Pittsburgh won against uh against Baltimore earlier today, uh, which has kept them alive in the uh in the playoff picture, but they need a little bit of help. Uh, in particular, obviously, right now they need. Well, obviously, the Colts will be eliminated uh, if they um, if they if they lose to Houston. Whoever whoever wins between Houston and Texas, or between Houston and Indianapolis, will officially advance. Right now, the Steelers have a 66% chance of advancing uh, in the playoff picture. The only things that are up for grabs here, the Jaguars and Bills need to win if they want to advance. If the Jaguars lose, they are basically eliminated. If they lose to Tennessee, they are basically eliminated. They have a less than 1% chance. Of advancing. Uh, Buffalo, there's still a possibility. Uh, Buffalo, there's still a possibility. They have a 40% chance that they lose. Uh, However, if they win, they basically have secured their spot. So, as it stands right now, uh, one of these two teams, Houston or Indianapolis, (laughs) is going to be eliminated at the end of this game. Wow. Minshew versus
3: Stratton, a fun matchup. I, I, really like I want to see CDS draft Stratton playing great. Good to see a rookie going into the playoffs like this, potentially. Another guy that you mentioned uh, a month or two ago, Steve, remember from, uh, from maybe your Patriots, Kirk Cousins. So maybe they go yeah. better, Maybe they go for uh, Kirk and then go receiver. I mean, that's,
0: that's the only way I will accept them taking something other than a quarterback is if they have a plan to go after Russell Wilson, who, by the way, is getting screwed over by Denver because they they don't want to pay his injury guarantee. Uh, that's right. why is, uh, he is on his way out of Denver. Uh, he's probably going to be cut by them after the season to become a free agent because uh, they don't want to pay his injury guarantee, uh, even though he has <laughs> – even though he had numbers better than Pat Mahomes before he got benched. I mean, try, try to analyze that. You have numbers that are better than Patrick Mahomes, and yet you get benched by your team. I think the Patriots going in and beating
3: him in Denver on national TV that night, that was kind of the, the final nail in Russ's coffin in Denver. This Sean Payton doesn't like Right. Sean Payton's like Mr. Massive Ego. So he wants his own people in there next year.
0: So the only way that I would uh, the only way that I would agree with the Patriots taking like Marvin Harrison Jr. or Brock Bowers over a quarterback is if they somehow grab Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins in free agency. Otherwise, if they if the, uh, unless they somehow trade up back into the first round cuz Keep in mind, they do have an early second-round pick. They have uh, – I believe it will be the first pick in the second round that they'll have. So yeah, they I know could Jade, very
2: Jade.
3: easily trade back up. Yeah, and I know Jake Daniels is of second rounder, but a second-rounder mo- a couple months ago, even by us on the show, but, like, there's no – he's the first-rounder now, right? Daniels? Daniels Penix? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, he's, he's, yeah, he's easily
0: top 15. He's easily top 15 if not top 10. Yeah. So
3: if you're gonna go quarterback, get damn it, you've got to be be safe and smart and not mess around and try to outsmart everyone. On the draft day, get them in the first round, and then get a weapon in the second round. It's easier to get a good right. wide receiver second round than it is a quarterback. And if you and if you and if you have two, the chance to get either one, with one being like the superior player, yeah, you're gonna want a quarterback to be the, to be your guy. So right. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I, I wouldn't even mess around with Russ or, or Cousins. I mean, they should just they have, they have their, their, the Patriots are gonna have their choice, the are going to have the choice of two or three really good rookie quarterbacks. I just just started up with a new quarterback. I mean, would would you prefer that or would you prefer Russell or Cousins oh. with a receiver?
0: Well, let's start, Let's start with you. Let's start with you, Lou. What would you prefer? Would you prefer to try and build around a rookie quarterback? Or would you rather try and get another weapon, and then sign, uh, and then try to sign somebody like a Russell Wilson or a Kirk Cousins?
1: Yeah, I think I try to do that. Sign a Kirk Cousins or whatever like that. Then I'm going to take a chance on a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I think I try to go after like a Russell Wilson and that kind of scenario.
0: I mean, this is just my opinion. Looking at where the Patriots are right now. And how obviously, you know, I mean, yeah, it's it's obviously going to be a, uh, you know, we're not going to be as competitive as we were with Brady. Yeah. I would rather start the process now, grab a rookie quarterback, but start building around him. Because, you know, another, th- another thing you got to think of too is that, okay, let's say you start grabbing – weapons now you start grabbing weapons now that doesn't necessarily mean that those weapons are going to be usable with a quarterback that you with a young quarterback that you get in the future yeah whereas if you take a young quarterback now you'll at least be able to determine okay this is who we need to uh you know this is the type of style that this guy plays we need to we need to surround him with weapons that complement his style so that's why I feel it would be better you know to start that process now instead of taking somebody like a like, like a like an offensive lineman in the first round which i mean to be perfectly fair to be perfectly honest. Uh the offensive line struggles really seemed to kinda go away after uh, yeah. after Adrian Clem after Adrian Clem had to leave the team due to a medical issue. Mm-hmm. It seem it seemed like maybe the offensive line struggles were more coaching related as opposed to actual player related. Yeah. And I don't so that, think – when you, have,
3: when you have such a dire, glaring, obvious need to like get not only playmakers and, and, and a quarterback, and you're, it's one of the silver lining of getting your ass kicked a lot this year and having a bad record. I'm not talking shit about it. It's the reality of the situation. The one blessing, the one great price on the bright side, they get an awesome pick. You might not be able to pick that high and get a Penix or a Caleb Williams or a Jaden Daniels talent for the next decade. Now get get I, right. I I would be I of get, get him now when you can, and then exactly. that, then you're set dude. for the next ten years. Boom, you have an awesome yeah. look. It's like CJ Stroud or some of these young guys like Herbert and Mahomes. Like once you get an incredible quarterback, your future looks a lot brighter right away. Mm-hmm. Then you can be kind of build around him. Get a, get a rookie yeah, receiver in the second. Get a get a get yeah. like get a receiver in the second round and another one in the fourth round. Then you have Demario Douglas is the third guy or get a free agent receiver, but then at least you're set at quarterback, which it's got to be, like, the most important position. Um, I don't know. It's risky to bring in Wilson or Cousins who are both injured and a little older. I don't know. It's tough to pass up a a franchise quarterback if you can get him that high in the draft. Um, Right. Do you want the rookie quarterback, or do you want the – the receiver with the older quarterback
0: (laughs) it's a tough call yeah I mean I would rather have the rookie quarterback have him go through his growing pains now and you know start to try to build around him because I mean okay let's take a look at wide receivers in uh this upcoming draft I mean you do have uh What's-his-face, uh, Neighbors out of LSU?
1: Oh, yeah, I him.
0: I mean, obviously, obviously, of course, you have Marvin Harrison as the top. Uh, actually, Neighbors, it looks like he may be going in the top ten from what it looks like. Is Worthy the Texas um,
3: guy? Is he, a top, is he coming out?
0: Uh, yes. He is ranked number 40 right now, actually, from uh, by CBS Sports. Uh, both him and, like, and, and Adam
3: Mitchell, and just and receivers. There's going to be a lot more. There's always more of them later in the draft than a quarterback. That's just that's just the math. I mean, look at like he's not playing tonight for the Texans, but the Texans got C.J. Stroud from Ohio State early on, and then they have Miko Collins from Michigan, the a fourth rounder. He's got like 150 yards tonight, fourth round receiver pick. Hank Dell, yep. was in the second or third rounder. He's like one of the rookies of the year. He's injured tonight. He's not playing, but like. So the Texans yeah. want QB early, and you can always get – my point being you can get really good receivers. It's not a sure thing, but there's a lot of good receivers you can get in the later right. round, If you really – if, you, yeah, if Del, you have the right people – if you have the right people running the draft room, that's where Belichick can't F up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Dell Del, Del was one of the guys I wanted the Patriots to take. I didn't really know year. about him,
3: man. He's awesome. They're doing well with, even without him. He, he looks awesome. Um. Yeah, I would just if I was a fan, I would just load up like receiver, receiver, quarterback, tight end, just go offense the whole
0: draft, totally start over. I mean, right now, right now, according to according to CBS Sports, you could see about six receivers taken in the first round. Yeah. Wow. Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors from LSU, Keon Coleman from Florida State. Uh, Emeka, U- uh, Emeka Agbuka from Ohio State, uh, Rome Adunze from Washington, and Washington. Adonai Washington. Mitchell from Texas. Then there's always good
3: weapons, you know. Michigan, Penn State. I mean, you'll see some. You'll, there'll be some awesome players <laughs> in second, <laughs> second, and third round receivers. Once you get that high, though, first round man, and you can get a franchise quarterback. I think that's the that's that's just a solid way to go. Build the foundation that way.
0: I mean, I'm yeah. just I'm worried that what the Patriots are going to do is they're gonna they're gonna say, oh, we struggled off, uh, with the offensive line, so we need to take an offensive lineman with our first round pick, like like uh, Fashanu from Penn State or Joe Alt from Notre Dame, which. And I just, I honestly think it's just going to be a waste of a pick, you know. You're, uh, unless, you, unless you plan on running it back with Mac Jones and uh, and Bailey Zappi for another year, which, if you do, I mean, honestly, just you don't even deserve to be in the league. Uh, if you want to exactly. run, if you exactly. want to run back them again,
3: <laughs> I just but. they they need weapons. They need like upgrades so bad. At, to score touchdowns, I, I cannot see how they would take an offensive lineman with their needs right
0: now. I
3: just—it would be a Belichick move, though.
0: I, I mean, I look at it, it like this: it. I look at it like this. Give me Drake May, or Jaden Daniels, or Michael Pe- or Michael Penix, or give me Marvin Harrison Bowers. I um, think Marvin. If you really want to build the offense, yeah,
3: he's already really, really good. Wow, I can't believe the Texans missed an extra point. They're only up
0: six. Yep. So you, the yeah, they point. just yeah. they just barely missed it. Brutal. Well,
1: it's a lot easier with the extra point now. You know, it's not automatic like it used to be got to work.
3: yeah, it's true. True Lou. Yeah. And I'm it looking is, I'm is. I'm looking
0: at the uh I'm looking at some of the uh, at some of the defensive positions. The cornerbacks, uh a lot of the cornerbacks are rated past the tenth pick. So like the top quarterback or cornerback is Kool Aid McKinstry, who's projected to go 12. Uh, linebackers aren't expected to go until the second round. Uh, edge rusher, I mean Patriots already have plenty of edge rushers, so they don't need an edge rusher. Uh safeties aren't supposed to go until the second round. This seems more like an offensive you know, like an offensive draft, if anything. Yeah.
3: Definitely. And again, I mean the Patriots have really good golf last year. They have good linebackers, good corners, good <laughs> good linemen. They're set. They're set on D. There's no way I would think they would, they wouldn't go defense first round. Got to go offense. A lot of offense draft.
0: Pick some great players early on. I mean, I really hope that they that they decide to go offense, but I just, you know, I I I think a lot a lot of it depends on who they're going to have making that pick. Because, I, I mean, Belichick, he has just reached on. So many offensive people in in the past. I mean, walk he's this, passed on. Pe- you know, he's passed on people like AJ Brown. He's passed on people like, uh, um, oh my God, um, what's his name yeah. out of the, out of Seattle? DK Metcalf. Yeah, DK Metcalf. You know, he's passed on so many people to take these absolute. Grubs, it's, right. It, you know, it's reason why I number, said I, mean, number, I, I, reason, I trust Bill as a coach. <laughs> I just don't trust him as a general manager anymore. No. no.
3: And if you ask him to stay, stick around, but not be able to pick his players as GM, he's not going to do it. There's a divorce no. coming. That, that that's over. I'm New England for him. There's no way he'll step. You know. like... <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it either because he can go somewhere else and they'll give him the free reign. They'll let him get his player somewhere else. Half the NFL will take him tomorrow if, they, if he gets let like
0: up a... And also, there is a possibility they could trade him. And if they do trade him, I mean, he could fetch a first-round pick. And, you know, one of the teams reported is the Chargers. Chargers have a pretty good first-round pick coming up. You want to talk about about a team that could potentially retool?
3: Yeah, the hoodie could resurface in L.A. I don't know. The
0: Hoodies would go in well,
3: that climate. Uh, he would like that with Herbert.
0: I mean, hell, you know, you you know, you want to talk about about giving up uh, giving up picks? Um, the rumor is that the Chicago Bears could trade uh, – <coughs> if they choose to take Caleb Williams, they could trade Justin Fields for a second or third-round pick. If I'm the Patriots, I'm immediately jumping on that and say, what do you want? Do you want our second? Do you want our third?
3: Ooh, but then you wouldn't take order, but, I don't know, I'm not sold on Fields. I'm not sold on him. He's pretty uh, – he's up and down. I don't know. I don't think I like him as much. But at the same t- at the out.
0: same time, though, they haven't really surrounded
3: oh. him with anything in Chicago. Yeah, if they keep them, obviously they'll go. they will probably go Marvin Williams. Yeah, they got two
0: two top what two top five picks coming up. They got the Panthers pick. Yeah, they got the Panthers pick, and they have their own pick, which I think. Let me see. Where are they right now? Chicago. They're seven and nine. Uh, That's to looking more around. Hang on, playoff picture. Let me just see where they are right now in terms of the standings. So, Panthers would have one, then two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They'd be looking at the ninth or tenth overall pick right now. Chicago would be.
3: Yeah, I guess some Chicago fans, just a lot of people (laughs) have mixed feelings on him. Like yeah, now that we have said we were sick of you and being so inconsistent, now he's like playing well when they're already eliminated. Like, where why, why weren't you playing well early in the season? So I don't know if he, they might be getting rid of Fields.
0: Well, I mean, is, it, is it Fields? Once again, we bring up this this topic: is it Fields or is it the people around him? Well, he's got DJ
3: Moore. He's got a good receiver, good tight end, good good running backs. I mean. I don't
0: know, yeah, but the offensive we'll line is deal. shit the yeah, offensive sure. line is shit,
3: so how State quarterback? I don't know some people are not sold on him I'm t- I don't know if you're if you could pick a a great new quarterback, would you or would you stick with Justin Fields? That's the question. has he proven enough it's it's a tough debate argument to both go both, both both ways wow, fourth down here for for Minshew Mania. Oh, no. Right.
0: The mustache. Uh, oh wait, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm behind
3: actually. Decking one of the former Eagles coaches who actually knows how to coach. we seeing him on a, in a meaningful game.
0: And you know what? Speaking of the Eagles, um, debacle. You know, I, I, was, I was gonna I was gonna try yeah. and bring up this I was gonna try and bring up this uh, this point on Lou's show earlier, uh, but. They have really taken steps back ever since they replaced uh, their defensive coordinator with Matt Patricia. They are now going through what's called the Matt Patricia experience. Yeah. Yep.
3: Their defense has been really bad. (laughs) It has been bad all year, but it's definitely taken it to a different level. The guy that's got the pencil in his head, Patricia, is really deplorable. I can't stand him. No, and then the offensive of play calling is terrible too. Everyone's pissed off. Wow, Both just dropped that. That's terrible for that guy. Sorry, Steve. No. I can't take back my my mouthy word. I talk too much as it is. I'm sorry, I spoiled it. Oh boy. boy.
0: No, no, that's all right. I mean,
3: <laughs> I actually, you know,
0: in our I in took our the Texas, I took Houston, so
3: I took him for game lock for for GL and uh, took him for a couple bucks. So I'm actually happy about
0: that. I. I took Houston and not just that, but it also helps the Patriots in the strength of schedule if Indianapolis loses. Yep.
3: I'll tell you what. I have to admit, like, when, well, when the Eagles got their ass kicked by the Cowboys, I got to tip my hat and give respect to Lou and the Cowboys. They look okay. very good this year. But, I mean, the Eagles got off to that rousing start. It was kind of empty. It was against some bad teams. and then, But they really, they just got demolished by a couple injuries. But just, I mean, remember that. That's four games, stand, They played the Dolphins, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys. And the Eagles were just beat up. And the whole time their play calling just looked bad and their defense looked bad. And now it's just totally falling apart. I don't know. It's just, and Matt Patricia, there's just – I know it seems like kind of an excuse for a fan to say, but the play calling, if you watch them every week like me, their play calling just sucks. Offense and defense. Like the Eagles' play calling just really is worse than the league, I think. Like they're really not. And now they're that, not giving the ball to. They're not giving the ball to AJ Brown. They they don't, they, they don't really do the best they can for Jalen Hurts. They they have plenty of talent. We can all agree there. So, a lot of it is coaching. I mean, their coaching right. has been really bad. Coaching has been really bad. They have plenty of talent. They're just getting an ass kick now. Bad coaching.
0: And now, and now with that uh, with that drop, it looks like. Uh, it looks like Houston may be headed to the playoff under first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans and first-year quarterback C.J. Stroud. And the Panthers gave up two number ones to get
3: Bryce Young the instead of C.J. Stroud. The Panthers' owner is throwing drinks on fans, and they, they're getting booed with Bryce Young.
2: Right, right. <laughs> they
3: gave up two number ones. They passed up on Stroud. <laughs> I didn't know Stroud would be this good. It's the old Ohio State curse with quarterbacks, apparently. Like oh
0: he's not going to be oh yeah that's a that's, a that's a disgrace wow that that's a disgrace by uh, of a uh, you know of a uh, of an owner to to go <laughs> Throw and do the that face up
3: someone. yeah <laughs> not just that,
0: that a but also probably probably in a, and
3: maybe in a dive bar Alex did that but when the Carolina Panthers owner does that it's a little bit egregious.
0: <laughs> you know, right. not just not just that, but he was the one who insisted on taking CJ Stroud. Or I mean on taking uh
3: That's Bryce hard. Young
0: over CJ Stroud.
3: Yeah, that was the ultimate uh drink in the, throwing a drink in the face of the fans. Yeah, taking Bryce taking a midget quarterback who can't even scramble. And C J Stroud just looks awesome. I, I had no idea he'd be this good. But uh Oh yeah. Bryce Young is just
1: no, Bryce Young is like real really cool. small. real
3: small. Bryce Young is really small and like he doesn't even scramble. It's like what is he? I, I don't. And then Stroud's like six foot five and like huge arm. He just looks so much better. Crazy bad draft. What's hit,
0: funny is, you know what? What's funny is CJ Stroud appeared to struggle big time in uh, in the preseason. He appeared to no, struggle right, big yeah. time. Like like he, it was almost like a welcome to the bigs type of uh, initiation for him. And I remember being like, "Oh, this is not going to go well for this kid this year." And by the way, he eclipsed four thousand passing yards in this game with the, with this game today. Wow! He eclipsed four thousand passing yards for a rookie uh, for a rookie year. His first pass tonight was a uh, seventy-five yarder, dart to
3: Nico Collins, fourth round pick, Michigan receiver. Yeah, this guy looks. Strad looks awesome.
0: Yeah, he entered today to that too. he. he he entered tonight ninth overall in passing yards. Wow! And it just goes
3: to show, like uh, you know, Houston was getting laughed at. They were awful for a for several years. They got the quarterback, and now boom, like they're and a new coach. I don't know. Maybe the Patriots do the same thing: quarterback and a coach, revamp it. I don't know.
0: So C J. C J. Stroud will finish his rookie season with over 4,000 passing yards, 23 touchdowns passing, and five interceptions. Uh, I don't know what his – let's see, what is his rushing? He also has three rushing touchdowns as well. And wow. not to mention, he didn't play all 17 games either. So, uh,
3: 23 – tech... with a rookie quarterback, Steve. They're playoff down. They're going to the playoffs. I mean, who's got a better defense than Houston? <laughs> The Patriots have a better defense than the Texans. Yeah. if they get the right, they can
0: go into the playoffs in year one. They can turn it yeah, around. I mean, obvi- you know, obviously not saying you know I'm, right. not, I'm not saying that, that that it would be the same thing for the Patriots, but at least you know if you're if you're building around a rookie quarterback, you have time. Yeah, definitely. You know, you have time to assemble a roster. Do <laughs> because it's like they say Rome wasn't built in a single day. Exactly. No, actually, we... So that might be a bad idea Having uh, rushing literally everybody.
1: Everybody.
0: I saw that. The guy running
3: backwards. It's like the old Madden's
0: yeah, left. Like that was a stupid thing to do. What the fuck was
3: that? Yeah. I'm thinking though if
1: Where's he going, stupid?
3: Belichick's getting up there obviously. I don't think he'd want to stick around and rebuild with a young quarterback. I don't know if he would.
2: Yeah, no, no,
3: no, no. Maybe he would. I don't know. Come on, Harry. That's the god news.
0: Wait knows a minute right now. Wait a minute. Was that? Safety. What the fuck was he doing? Oh, they were trying to run out the clock
1: while uh, doing okay. the
0: safety as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's one second 11, by four. Nine, what will really he accomplish? Nothing.
0: So the Texans officially clinch a playoff berth, regardless of if they it's win literally. the division. If they win the division or not, they will clinch a playoff berth. Uh, obviously, the division all depends on if the Jaguars decide to show up or not tomorrow. Um uh-huh. Which, by the way, from what I've read, or from, I, I did read a rumor, I don't know how confirmed this is, but uh, Trevor Lawrence may step down, he may pull an Andrew Luck at some point in the near future. Oh, yeah. Because apparently be awesome. he has a bunch of, uh, apparently because, because of his marketing major that he majored in um, at Clemson, he has he has an opening uh to potentially to potentially take advantage of that uh for uh for a college program yes so he might I, I now this is of course coming from an unverified source on uh on twitter from an unverified media member uh but there's the possibility that it may not be this year uh, but um, maybe, perhaps Trevor Lawrence may not have quite as long of a career as people may expect him to have.
2: He may yeah. pull an
0: Andrew Luck. Wow, that's that's mind
3: I mean More power to him. He's versatile on and off the field. He's smart, you know, business person. But I mean, obviously, if he retires at thirty-five or thirty-seven, he's still got his whole life to. He can make a lot of money in the off season, yeah, but, you know,
1: I mean, Luck, good. Luck
3: because Andrew Luck was because of injuries. I don't know. That'd be crazy Great. if you just walked away from the Jaguars. I mean, you'd think you think he could do both? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe his heart's not in it. If he can make a lot of money doing that,
1: well, if you're trying to pull. If you're trying to pull someone like that uh I would say your heart's not in it.
0: Now, Like I yeah. said though, this is unconfirmed. Yep. Yeah. This is unconfirmed. This is like one of those one of those stories that's going around that may be true, may not be true. Uh but it is something that is going around. Huh. So uh teams that are still in the hunt, obviously the uh Texans have now clinched the playoff spot. the Indianapolis Colts have officially been eliminated from playoff contention with a nine and eight record uh still in the hunt, you have the Tampa bay buccaneers uh in the western in the western uh or in the n f c and the Green Bay Packers Tampa Bay mainly because they're the leader of a division that absolutely sucks and uh Green Bay. Green Bay mainly because, well, quite frankly, uh, they're still they're still in it despite being second in the North, uh, and they're tied with Seattle and the Saints right now uh, in terms of record. But if Tampa Bay holds on and beats Carolina tomorrow, Tampa Bay will clinch the NFC South. And uh, from what it seems like, if all the Packers need to do is beat Chicago tomorrow. They beat but, Chicago, and they're in. Yeah, but it, it'll be
3: interesting, to see what you were saying before about Justin Fields. You know, right now he's basically auditioning. He's trying to prove to everyone, hey, I do belong in Chicago. <laughs> I am the man. You know, he's he's already been saying in the media this week, I love Chicago. I don't want to be replaced as quarterback. So Fields might fall out tomorrow and beat – if he wins in Green Bay, he might keep the job as the Bears quarterback. Possibly. That's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be an interesting game to see.
0: Also, another uh, another prospective uh, person that may be on the verge of going to a new team, uh, multiple NFL teams have been making calls to gather information about Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, who has updated oh, staff lists and, ev- and has evaluated openings in anticipation of a potential return to the NFL following Monday's national championship game. <coughs> he also has brought on agent Don Yee, who has represented high profile NFL clients such as Tom Brady and Sean Payton,
2: Uh-oh.
0: which is another sign that he remains interested in an NFL return after interviewing for jobs the past two years. Among teams that are interested, the Chargers, the Raiders, uh, the Bears, potentially, if they decide there. to if they decide to reverse their decision on Eberflus. Um, and also potentially the Patriots, depending on what happens That's with exactly. Belichick.
2: Hmm.
3: Well
0: Harbaugh was a bear back in the
3: day.
2: What I mean I'm you sure
3: Harbaugh said- If Harbaugh said he'd want to go to Chicago, Chicago would say, sorry, Eberflos, you're done. (laughs) They would take him in a second. So that'd be up to
1: Harbaugh.
2: Yeah.
1: Where do you think Belichick goes?
0: What's
3: that? Where do you think Belichick goes anyway? Older now. I
0: mean, if I'm honest, I'm I'm looking at the Chargers, and I'm I'm looking at the Chargers as very enticing for Belichick. Especially yep. somebody yep. who is very defense oriented. Uh, the Chargers have a pretty good defense. Some of those players on that on that roster, on the defensive side, and not to mention, he still has a relatively young quarterback in Justin Herbert to work with. Right. I mean that right there. I think, and when it comes to balance, it would be too. It would be too enticing to pass up.
3: Plus he's getting older, warm, nice warm weather, L.A. Get out of the cold of New England. Kind of nice, right. more beaches out there. L.A. is kind of a swank, kind of a nice job for him.
0: Yeah. And that's just that, but I believe I believe L.A. is still looking for a general manager, too.
3: Yeah, he's going to want somewhere where he has autonomy, where he has complete control over the roster. So I think L.A. would definitely give that to him.
0: And you know what he'll probably do? He'll probably bring his uh he'll probably bring his uh his sons over from New England as well. Uh obviously Steven Belichick is the uh is one of our defensive coordinators and also Brian Belichick is uh I think he's the safeties coach or something. Um they
2: got the
3: they got the mullet and then they can get Patricia from Philly, please. They can reunite out in LA.
0: Please get Patricia. And probably McDaniels, too.
3: Oh, God. The visor, the pencil, the mullet. They'll bring in the whole trip.
0: Although, I don't know, though. From what I've read, I've read that, or from what I've heard, too, apparently McDaniels might be a front-runner for the Patriots' job if they move on from Belichick.
3: I don't know about that man. Without Brady and Belichick, who is McDaniels? Like he's gotten fired mid-season twice. I got to think they could I think they could do better than that, right? I'd like I, would hope. Or... I
0: mean, I don't I don't know I I don't know what I would like uh or I don't know what I would think actually about that type of uh about that type of move for them to go for for that you know for them to go with uh uh with mcdaniels because you know mcdaniels we saw what he did with mac with mac jones in his in mac jones's first year that was before Mcdaniels got the job uh in vegas in McDaniel or in, in Mac Jones's first year, McDaniels had turned him into a serviceable NFL quarterback who actually ended up making the Pro Bowl. Granted as a as a reserve, but he ended up making the Pro Bowl. Yeah. But now uh I mean obviously these past two years, uh, one with Derek Carr and the other one with uh or this year with uh <laughs> you know the often injured Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I mean, you know, just easy to say. There's, there was a lot of problems going on, anyways. You know, to begin with, uh, in in Vegas. Right. So. I mean i I don't know i I really don't know what to feel about a potential McDaniels uh hiring with New England. I would prefer him as the offensive coordinator, but you see that's that's the thing with New England. There's a whole bunch of variables that are still going to be at play will Will Bill O'Brien remain as an offensive coordinator? Will he just get elevated to head coach? Uh, if Belichick leaves, you know, will will they have to just completely revamp the whole coaching staff? Um, I mean, one, per, one person I hope they get rid of is, is Cam Acord. I hope they get rid of his ask because uh, special teams has been one of the worst in the, in the league this year under him. You know, that's yeah, another I thing, I too, for a team – For a team that was stacked on special teams over the years, this may be one of the worst special teams units I've ever seen. Yeah. In New England. I mean, just so many mistakes on special teams. It's it's mind-boggling. And... I mean, it, yeah, no, you know, just j- just to just to put it this way, with New England, there's still there's a ton of shit that still needs to happen.
3: I just, I just, it's, it's like when you, he's the figurehead of so much historical stuff there, and so much highs and lows. Now with the the lows being the last couple of years, it's been ugly. If you know what I mean, if I'm the owner, Kathleen. Don't don't leave like residue of the, the aftermath. Don't leave a couple of his guys around. Don't bring back yeah. one of his old guys. Just there's a lot of good. Co- you get get a younger guy, a former Patriot, or get a really good college coach. Just start over with a new quarterback. You know what I mean? It's like why why leave like,
0: why bring why keep one of Bill's guys around? Just start over. Totally. My my personal my personal preference somehow pry Vrabel from uh, from Tennessee. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Find a way to pry him from Tennessee. You already gave him the red jacket for the Patriot Hall of Fame. Now it's time to bring him in as the head coach. Yeah. And I don't know, though, because I, th- I think he just signed an extension, though, with uh, with Tennessee. They'd probably have to make some sort of trade uh, in order to bring him in.
3: I just yeah, you're right, but I'd have to imagine like he's former Patriot Tennessee's really going nowhere fast. I mean, I'm sure he would love to be the head coach of New England over being staying the head coach of Tennessee. But yeah, that's, but the two teams have to make a trade because of the contract. I, I'm sure Vrabel right. would love to go back to New England as a head coach.
0: The one thing I want to see, though, I want to see, I I believe they need an offensive-minded coach, whoever they bring in. Has to be offensive-minded. You know, if you're going to bring in a defensive-minded coach, it just it makes me feel like it's just going to be a rinse and repeat
1: of the last couple of years. Yeah, with Salachek.
3: So <laughs> the worst example that is. I mean, come on, the Jets coach Salah, If you ever watch a full Jets game, he literally just stands around. This defensive, he doesn't even talk to the players. It's like he's standing around stunned. He just watches the game, right? He just he does not like say anything or interact with anyone. He's just kind of hanging out. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, you need like an involved, an offensive guy, especially if you're going with a young quarterback.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, but let me put it this way: I would not. Be, that is why I would not be opposed to in Mc, to bringing back McDaniel's because he's offensive-minded. Yeah, I wouldn't mind bringing in Brandon Staley as long as he can remove his head out of his ass and uh, actually think for once during games. I wouldn't mind potentially bringing him in. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is another is another option who not. is currently who is currently in charge of uh, USC's. Uh, uh, he's the offensive coordinator for USC. Yeah. I mean Cliff Kingsbury, I honestly think I honestly think he got a raw deal in Arizona because Arizona I mean, quite frankly, they just have an inept uh, management. Yeah, of course
3: call of duty Kyler Murray last week looks like uh you know, John Elway beat, scoring ninety points in Philadelphia, beating the Eagles defense. Jesus. Yeah make Kyler Murray look like Mahomes. Yeah, Kingsbury could be good yeah, in so,
0: I mean the other option of course is, you know, just doing the easy uh elevate Bill O'Brien to off or to head coach. Because I mean Bill O'Brien's hiring was the uh was yeah, the yeah. decision made by by Robert Kraft. As offensive coordinator, oh, so you know i there's there's different ops there's different ways they can go i think it i think a lot of it really depends on what they're gonna do like if they're <laughs> if 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 they're gonna get rid of Belichick if they're interested in bringing in somebody like like say jim harbaugh um Actually, I don't know if Ron Rivera would still be. Uh... Oh wait, Is, was Rivera more of an offensive or defensive coach?
3: I think he's traditionally known more about defense. Ah, shit! That wouldn't really make any.
0: And Harbaugh was defense too, right? No, I, well, I don't know. He's just known as
3: like a hell of a coach. Honestly, like, Jimmy, you know. I, I don't know enough about his background in Michigan, like what kind – like how involved he is in the play But, I mean, he was quarterback. Quarterback (laughs) of the Bears way back in the day.
0: So, I think he's more offensive.
3: I just don't know if he calls plays for Michigan.
0: Let me see. Well, yeah, he was
3: a former quarterback, so. Yeah, Bears. That's why I'm thinking Chicago Um,
0: would love him back. Chicago would love him. He was a quarterback. He yeah. he was a quarterback coach for the Oakland Raiders,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then I mean, he was Harbaugh. the head coach Harbaugh. at Stanford.
3: I really think Harbaugh will be able to like determine where he wants. To. I think it's like Belichick, but even more so with Harbaugh. If either one of those guys is truly available, like a lot of NFL teams would love to get either one of them. Right, they can basically decide where they want to go. Is what I'm saying. Like, wherever Harbaugh wants to go, they'll be like, okay, you're in. They'll just get rid of whoever they have for him. You, you know,
0: think, I do think that what's his name, that Robert Kraft would be willing to give Harbaugh the GM spot too, potentially. Oh, I definitely think so.
3: Yeah. Because it'll be, like, kind of heartbreaking and a big, a big deal when Belichick leaves. So what better way to kind of offset that and make it a
0: positive, bring in Harbaugh. Well, the other option would be to, the other option would be to swing a trade to bring in Vrabel. Yeah, I'm outside in the snow watching dog. Like and... if you want to if you want to redeem if you want to redeem yourself in the eyes of the fans, the other option would be to bring in Vrabel. Absolutely, my
3: battery's a little low. I'm just giving you a heads up. Hopefully, it lasts. Until I get back inside.
0: I'm in the storm outside. Uh, yeah, actually come to think of it you know I'm probably gonna have to go out and shovel after this uh, <laughs> let me on, see how, it, how much do you got uh, actually it, it doesn't really look like it's it doesn't really look like it's uh amounted to much yet maybe about an inch inch and a half
1: uh, I, yeah, uh, yeah. I was telling yeah. from uh, your home state just a little while ago as he said it was coming down
0: yeah, it looks like it's blowing snow right now, actually, too. So
1: kind of like that could
0: be rain. actually added on.
3: I'm in New York and it's kind of like icy rain.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll wait a little bit. Wait until it mounts up a little bit more. Uh, we're yeah, supposed to get about like eight to twelve
3: inches. They said tomorrow's supposed to hammer the whole East Coast, right? Or is it more like Monday?
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's supposed to stop sometime tomorrow, from from what I had read. Though I'll probably still have work on Monday, knowing uh, knowing how quickly uh, the crews around here handle <laughs> things.
1: Well, your crews are better than
2: ours. Uh, oh. Yeah.
1: No, the plowing for
0: here sucks. Well, it kind of sucks for me too because I'm, you know, I'm on a uh, dead end street, so like we're literally one of the last work. ones to get plowed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sucks.
1: I grew up I grew up on dead end streets, so I know.
0: Yeah, we're literally like one of the last streets to get plowed, and I've actually while while we've been talking here, I've I've actually heard. The plow going up and down uh the main street uh so they're definitely still keeping track of um yeah they're still keeping keeping track of uh trying to keep up with the snow as it's falling <laughs> uh, let's see. That'd be really interesting to see where
3: Harbaugh, if Harbaugh goes. You think there's a greater chance, guys, that he goes pro if they win, or if they lose, or either way, if they win it all Monday. Like if you think if he wins uh, the championship, you, you think he's definitely going to the pros. Like his work is done; he's accomplished the mission at Michigan. Or would he want to come back to? Repeat? You
0: know, I think it all depends. I, I think it all de- it all depends on. You know, I I do think that it's more likely that if he wins, that they, uh, you know, that that he ends up uh, going to the pros. But I think it really all depends on what he's really being offered from the pros. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave to leave.
3: He's got to be a total perfect platform. Because you got a great gig. Yeah, I mean, really, some people like this. I, I really, think you
0: it's, know, I think it's worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning that he has that he has tried to jump to the pros the last two years. Wow.
3: And he's already brought them back. You know, he's what, they've won twice in a row over uh, Ohio State that they really couldn't beat until he got there. So he's really kind of accomplished the main mission out there, which is beat Ohio State. So, I mean, either way, he's got a great reputation at Michigan. Yeah, I think if the right job is available for him, and they win. He's definitely gone.
0: Yeah, I just, I think, I think it, it, you know, it really, all, it really all depends because, I mean, Kraft was willing, Kraft has given Belichick the, uh, you know, the money that he's gotten, but that's because you know Belichick has six Super Bowl rings. Um, you know, I don't know what he'd be willing to give Harbaugh. But uh, I know the number one thing that's most important for Kraft is winning. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he throws the bag at if he attempts to throw the bag at Harbaugh.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I could
0: see that happening. You know, if he basically says to Harbaugh, "Okay, what do you want? Tell me, you know, tell me what it will take to bring to bring you here." So, be interesting. It, you know, it wouldn't be a surprise honestly if that's if that ends up being what happens uh, with uh, with the patriots however though you know like i said i can still see it too where maybe perhaps I. Uh, <coughs> you know maybe perhaps they do one of two things like they uh, like they bring back uh McDaniels or maybe perhaps they have um what's his name as the uh you know they they elevate Bill O'Brien to head coach because it's worth noting that it was a it was a Robert Kraft decision to bring back O'Brien <laughs> not Belichick
3: I don't know how anyone with an offense that cannot score touchdowns how anyone will get promoted from that it's time for it's time for new blood, new faces in there.
0: I don't know. Well, I think it's worth noting. Really? It's worth noting too that you have to look at what Bill O'Brien had to work with. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to defend him or anything. But you also, you know, you you have to look at what he had to work with. On that offense. Yeah, which I mean, you take away, you t- you know, you take away, um, you take away. What's his name? Uh, from uh, oh my god, from uh, from wide receiver who, by yeah. the who, by the way, wants to come back. Um, Mario Douglas? No, no, uh, Kendrick Bourne. You take away Kendrick uh, Bourne. Yeah. Who you could argue was the number one receiver? He, by the way, has stated on Instagram that he wants to come back. He he told, uh, you know, he told Demario to Douglas, "Make them bring me back." Um. You know, when you have when you have a a disaster to begin with at quarterback between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, you have your top 3 receivers being Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker and Juju or Dudu Smith Schuster uh yeah. you know you have five two numbers, tight ends four that four. Are, you have two tight ends that are mainly being used for blocking purposes as opposed to actual weapons on the field I mean there's let's go there's only so much that he can do with the with the talent that's on that that's on that roster, so right. I wouldn't necessarily put all the blame on Bill O'Brien for their problems this year offensively
3: i just I don't think I'd <laughs> make a head coach, but maybe keep him there. I don't know see if they can get. That's going to be the most fascinating option, I think, because I think bill I think when Bill leaves it's going to be a very fascinating thing, most intriguing job vacancy in the game, I think, in the NFL Well
0: yeah, because not only will they need a new head coach, they'll need a new general manager and yeah. uh by the way, that's another one. I hope matt grow uh, is is uh, sacked as well. Because Matt grow? He's part of the reason why we had horrible drafting the last two years. <laughs> um, kicking the curb. The guy who took over for Dave Ziegler. That's who I hope they bring back. I hope they bring back Dave Ziegler from Vegas. Uh, yeah. because Dave Ziegler, Dave Ziegler was, uh, was known for, for making quite a few of those picks that ended up turning out to be something. Over the second uh, Patriot Dynasty,
3: just please take Patricia back and just make him vanish somehow.
0: <laughs> oh no, we're not taking Patricia back. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not taking. Yeah, you, no, you no, guys no. can keep Patricia.
3: <laughs> God. Yeah, he's the cherry on top of the shit sundae. I'd prefer to he's keep the final Gerard piece Mayo. He's an awful season. The, uh, the final piece is just a
0: dreadful defense. It's I'd rough. prefer to keep Gerard Mayo before yeah, I uh, before I bring back uh Matt Patricia. Is at least Gerard Gerard Mayo, you know, he's he's a former defensive captain. Uh I mean, you've seen what he's done the last couple of years uh, alongside Stephen Belichick. So, yeah. I mean, he's no, I definitely.
3: Patricia. Patricia's been awful. I was joking. Man, it's legit. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. Uh, Patricia is fucking horrible. No, I wouldn't take him <laughs> that, back. uh gym uh, what...
3: in the side of his head. <laughs>
0: I mean when you have when you have a, when you have a defense that quit when you have a defensive coach that quits during a Super Bowl I'm sorry there's no way you bring him back mm-hmm. But anyways I think we're going to call it uh we're going to call it uh a, a little short uh for All right for tonight, for, uh, for tonight uh thank you to lou uh to diane and alex for joining me hopefully this rec- hopefully this records on the archives officially uh it sounded it seemed like it was go- it was going to uh it was going to do so uh when i last checked uh but we about. will be back next saturday night for another edition of sports whispers weekly uh everybody have a great rest of your weekend and we will see you guys next saturday night